Hey modelers, welcome to the Model Geek Scale Modeling Podcast. Here we'll be discussing just about anything and everything as it relates to scale models. So buckle up for what we believe will be an exciting journey into the world of scale modeling. We really hope that you will download and make us a regular part of your modeling bench sessions. Before we start, I would like to take a moment and thank the sponsors of the Model Geeks Podcast. Sprue Brothers. That's our one-stop shop for all our scale modeling needs. Sprue Brothers has the largest inventory of model kits, accessories, tools, and supplies. So visit Sprue Brothers at spruebrothers.com for all your scale modeling needs. Detail and scale. Go to reference sources for military aviation enthusiasts and scale modelers since 1978. All the detail and scale books are available in both print and digital format. Check them out at detailandscale.com. And lastly, Furball Aero Design. Providing modelers with the most accurate and extensively researched scale model aircraft decals available. Each decal set is printed by Cartograph Italy, the industry's leading decal printer. If you're looking for high quality and well-fitting and conforming decals, then check out Furball Aero Design. You can visit them at furballarrow-design.com. Now, here are the geeks. Darren Cook, Scott Samo, Andrew Frill, and Andrew White. All right, good morning, geeks. Good morning, Mr. and Mrs. America and all the ships at sea. <laughs> Let's talk some model stuff, man. <laughs> it's not like an old radio thing, right? Like the whole Miss America? The Mr. Mr. and Mrs. The America Mr. and all the ships at sea? <laughs> I don't know. Walt, Walt Winchell or somebody? I don't know. <laughs> Where? Hey, kids. <laughs> all right. <clears throat> How's it going, man? Good. Back from your trip? I'm back from the trip, man. It was right. it was good. I I um missed being part of the um the last episode, but it was a really good one, so maybe I should just not participate from here on out. That was a those were really good. <laughs> I did have fun though. It was it was a really good it was a really good trip. All right, man. Cool. Yeah. Back good, to the old uh, the old stomping grounds, hit yep. up the uh God, well, I'm sure eight, we'll talk about it in yeah, a little man, bit, but the hobby shops. Eighty degrees there. I played golf like every other day. It was fantastic. I played golf. I it was warm. I hit hobby shops. I have to work. Sold. Good. Win the lottery in the hill country of Texas. In the hill country. Yeah. Yeehaw. You Yeehaw. were in heaven for a week. Yeah, it was good. Yeah. It was Kalichi Roads. <laughs> Kalichi. <laughs> yeah. All right. That's so here we are in episode twenty-four. Uh, that's a. Uh, Two dozen there down. Uh, what's everyone in work on this week? Yeah. Since you know, I know the Thanksgiving holiday, a little time off for some of us and I'm, stuff, uh, right? I'm, I'm bench time. I'm knee deep into working on trying to lose some weight. Good, good for you. Turkey day, all right. <laughs> hey, that's important, man. It's a sedentary hobby. You got to stay active. Uh, yeah, get up and move around. Watch what you eat and all that kind of stuff. All right. That Hellcat's looking good, man. Oh. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Know? Yeah. The, okay. Yeah. What are you working <laughs> so, on? Yeah. All right. Yeah. No. The uh, that's it. That's the only thing I've been working on is that uh, that M eighteen Hellcat, the Tamiya one, and it is. It's it's pretty cool. Now, is that a review build or you just? Yeah. Okay, man. You got to do a write up on it and all that kind of stuff, or a little video. No, I'm doing videos on okay. it. So yeah, it's on the YouTube channel. I actually did an inbox review, and, and now I've got a probably I don't know five different segments recorded. Once cool. I get it completed, then I'll, I'll that, piece them together. I thought the interior um, 
Yeah, the the floor the flooring just what did you do there? How did you do? I mean, it's, it's, yeah, looks like, it looks cool. It looks really cool. Yeah, it's it's just it's it's painted with OD and then it's dry brushed. You know, it's yeah. it's it's not anything uh, crazy. Uh, I didn't want to. It sure looked cool. The I detail just like completely popped out. I was like, "Holy hell, man! That's just yeah. it, it looked yeah, it, it looked, looked like the floorboard." You yeah, know, I, it was really I just good. dry brushed it with my favorite. It's to me a sky gray. Wow. That's my dog barking in the background. <laughs> <laughs> He's out back. I don't know if he'll pick it up, though. I don't, if, yeah, it I, you can't? Yeah, okay, it will. Cool. I can hear it in my headphones. So. Good, good there deal. he is. All right. Awesome. Big stupid puppy. <laughs> Didn't he? You but, said uh, he ate the couch? He took a big chunk out of the leather couch upstairs, yep. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. That's get a they, get a dog, folks. Uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, Sugar did that. He was he hungry, Daddy. He doesn't touch any shoes. Um, no. Pretty much sticks to the toys. But he was just hanging out up there one day, and uh, daughter was home. Daughter was down here doing whatever, and next thing you know, he's up there bored and apparently took a bite. Wow. I'm just glad I was out of the house so I didn't get blamed. <laughs> you know, I was at work or at the gym or something at the time that it happened, so I didn't. I didn't you here, said he flipped your Devastator the other day, too, huh? Yeah, man. His uh, uh, Dauntless over there. Oh, the yeah. Dauntless. Yeah, he was walking by the... You know, I got this small shelf over here in the uh, man cave, and he was just sauntering on by, and his tail whipped out and s- grabbed that Dauntless, flipped it in the air, and landed on its back, and, you know... Ariel got broke is about all that got broke for him, but Ooh. I just sat there and watched it happen. I was like, what the... <laughs> man so those things probably have to move i should probably he it's not the first casualty actually the x1 that's sitting over there yeah i had the my little 32 scale chuck yeager figure <laughs> 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 and he was down here one day man and uh i'm over there working in the office slash hobbies hobby uh bench area and i hear him with something in his mouth, you know, you know, and this, you know, I was like, dude, what do you got in your mouth, man? And he just kind of looks at me and <laughs> oh. drops Chuck Yeager on the fucking, on the ground. And, uh, you know, luckily, you know, that's a rare figure. That, yeah. that old reheat oh. thing. I hunted around forever to find that thing and, uh, no damage to it. Really? But, um, wow. The, ex- the hatch though was also sitting on the shelf and yeah. he, he grabbed that and chewed that thing up. Oh, and I think he ate it, you know. <laughs> Oh my god! Yeah, it's gone at any rate. The hatch, but oh my god, that's hilarious. So I took the figure and put him up and whatever the that that X one. I've had that for years. <laughs> it's it's beat to crap anyhow. Um. Uh, all right. Anyway, ah. got. How about you? What are you in work? What am I about? working on? Well, <laughs> let's see. Um, you know, I, I slowly working on the SU twenty seven. Um. Oh, that thing still. Yeah. Yeah. So I. But I'm painting like I got the nose and some of the other those weird panels painted. Yeah. Um, the masking on some of those, man, it took forever to mask like those green panels on the tail. Yeah, just took forever. But but it looks they look great. Um, so I, I my plan was to continue. Just I got to mask the paint the the wheel wells. But that's easy. Um, and then I get to start on the engines, which I've, I've got a good that you can go crazy with, yeah. man. I will. All I've, that I've, metal back there. Yeah, I've got a couple of really good sort of reference photos not just the actual pictures of the areas themselves but um some modelers that have done some pretty decent work on it so yeah. i'm gonna try to replicate that but i might shelve it because i'm <laughs> i got motivated to build something so um and so the next thing i really want to work on is uh 
a 30-second scale 109 G6 uh, Hartman's with the black tulip. It's a black tulip with the yellow. I think it's a yellow one, and it has a yellow band on the tail. The under the part of the radiator cooler is yellow. Anyway, I don't know why I just got motivated to to, to build that one. So I got the decals um, and some Montex masks. So I'll do a combo of – I'll use the decals to make – uh, masks like the, to get the numbers the right size and all that stuff so um yeah I'm, so i i don't i'm just really mo- i think it's probably because daniel zammer doing his yeah his 109s lately i've just i got the bug again to to now, do what the would you use the decal sheet and scan it and you got a cutter no well, well so allison's got a um a cricket yeah, man. but I I don't I think the silhouette's the only one I can actually like scan and then have somebody. But I might ask our buddy, <clears throat> hey Jeff, over at uh, over at Furball or Furball's got one too. Yeah. Oh, Jeff, Jeff will yeah. He's, see if we can just have a couple of uh, uh, decal or you know masks made. Yeah. Um, from the sheet, cause he's hooked me up with some masks in the past. For- I, I literally just need like the probably just like the but the number's just a solid yellow one. So that that's pretty easy yeah. to do. I should be able to. I can. And what I'll do is sometimes like I'll just leave the decals in the in the sheet in the plastic, and then I use the decal as a guide, and then just lay to me a tape on top of the pla- You know the whatever the plastic baggie is, and you just pull it off. There's your mask. How um, do you see it through it? Like what do you? Talk? Yeah, well, he puts the tape like he. You put it down, and then you take the tape. You, you got to. Yeah. Here, pa- pause. Oh, right, 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 right. I get, I see where you're going now. Yes. Yeah. I'm, I'm on board. Okay. I thought you were laying like a solid piece over it and then cutting. No, I. No, no, no. I'll, you're I'll, masking I'll, around the outline. I'll, there I'll you go. That. And okay, then, man. boop, you peel it off. There's your perfectly scaled yeah, there you decal. Go. So, That's okay. what I did for the G10 for yeah. the black tulip around the Works nose. really nice. well. That's the best way to do it because then you have the, the decals got that proper cut. Yeah, man. So, all you do is just lay the tape down, pull it off, boom. You are. It's the right size. Fits perfect. It's good to go. So yeah, I'm. I'm in that kit. I built that kit three times already. So I'm. It goes together. What's like, that? Half kit. Yeah, it just goes together really, really nice. So um, I think that's. I think I might shelve the. I don't know why I'm. Don't want. I'm just not motivated to finish the SU27. I, I don't. I don't know why. <laughs> it's like the hard part of the build is over. Like yeah. it's together. I just. Well, what about the, you know, I know in the past you talked about the, the landing gear having no axles. What, what was the fix there? What so all I, I, I filled the, uh, the, the center wheels um, just with styrene, and then I have some metal. Um, I use like a, a metal pen. Yeah. It's really okay. sturdy and just cut it to, you know, just drilled pen. Drilled Easy day. Yeah. Cool. All yeah. right. Yeah, I know people are probably out there scratching their heads going, yeah. hey, I have that kit too. What am I going to do? Yeah. It's just got to, I mean, it's you just got to drill and pen it, yep. you know. There you so, go. But yeah, that's, I think I'm going to start working on the that that G6 like now. <laughs> so, and cool, that's man. that's it. That's all I got yeah. going on right now. Got some time coming up at the holidays. Yeah, and man. Stuff. Kick yep. back on a cold day and hell yeah, work on an ME 109, yep. BF 109. Yeah, I'm going to get crucified. When did they go from calling it a BF to an ME? You know, man. I mean, or did so, it start so, out as an ME uh, and go to a BF or something? I don't know. I don't Ask know. Lynn. Yeah, Lynn, Lynn Ritker, if you're <laughs> out there. Drop us an email, bro. Yeah, let us know. Um, the, the the crazy thing about, you know, and I say I'm not an accuracy guy, except when I'm working on 109, when I'm building the 109. Like, I will make sure that... Would, panel, you, would you agree that's probably the most scrutinized model prob- out there? Probably. Maybe that's why I... Maybe I that's, so. that's why I'm an accuracy geek on yeah. this one, because I when I... 
when I work on them. I, there's so much documentation, though. You know, me and Frill were walking okay. around there, uh, the one down at the Military Aviation yeah, Museum. Yeah. Sweating our asses off out there. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> but we were looking at the you know the center, the the seam on the top oh, of the yeah, fuselage. Yeah. And it's not in the middle. Yeah. Nope. No, it's off to the it's off to one side, just just a just, just a enough, man. Yeah. So I mean yeah. It's funny the things you pick up when you actually, you know, get up on them and start looking at them like that. The hurricane that had sitting there, for instance. We Yeah, that wonky gear, man. The wonky gear. You it's, do that with a model, you're gonna get pinged. You are, but it's wonky. But it's yeah. wonky. It's sitting there, it's Yep. It's it's not 109 wonky. Yeah. But it's uh certainly yep. not straight. Yeah. That's I mean, gear that like in real life is is wonky is easier to deal with than gear that's supposed to be straight. My eye yeah. will pick up that cuz if if there's equal wonkiness, then you don't know. Well, but if it gear is supposed to be straight and it's one straight and one's just a a little bit off, yeah. man, it's just like Well, I'm, I, if I would have walked out. up to a hurricane sitting on the table and saw gear like that, I would say, oh, <laughs> Madam Ding, 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 right? Yeah. Until I actually saw it and, and, and said, oh, I, I called him yeah. over. I said, look at this. Look straight at this airplane. Holy yeah. shit, it's walking. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I you know, knew. and this this particular G6 has got the Erlehub, uh canopy, so it's got the different canopy. It doesn't have a DF loop antenna. It, the tail is a little bit different. Um what with the other it has the radio move to behind the pilots there's a bunch of like little small things that are not typical on this one and i'm like oh yeah i can't wait to make all the fixes and make it right you You're know just, what spine. the hell is wrong with me i won't do that but <laughs> uh but still i, I just i'm like that panel line's not supposed to be there it's know. over here yeah, yeah. yeah move it <laughs> get out the calipers <laughs> yeah what anyway. are you frilled on what are you doing man um finishing up the mixed day uh uti and uh, I know in the last episode I said I was going to do a video of like polishing certain areas of the model with the plastic slacker. No, it's done. I just got to edit it now. I think UTI has been said more in the last couple episodes in I, the local gynae office. Yeah, I, I was yeah, going to say every time he says that, I just go ouch. I know. I mean, I don't like why they call it a UTI for. You know, it's like it's yeah. Why do they looking? call it a UTI? Yeah. I don't know. They're like weird looking. What does UTI know. stand for? And, Hell, and no, know. no, not not in the gynecological sense or whatever that is. Google that stuff, But what is, what is, what does MIG-19 UTI stand for? Have no idea. Yeah, have no idea. There's one for the, uh, you gotta look it up for real. one for the listeners. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't know. But, uh, no, it's all done. I was going around and, um, I know a couple guys have mentioned, you know, hey, I guess the video or something on weathering, chipping with, uh, Prisma pencils. So I went ahead and, uh, I did a video for that showing a Prisma pencil and how to, you know, show wear and tear and chip up certain areas. It's a good candidate for that, man. It is. You know, I, I kind of, I didn't go heavy handed with it because I don't know how the Iraqis took care of their. Not very well. They yeah. didn't. <laughs> if they were anything like us, you know, you mentioned the video. It's like, you know, hey, you and our P3s, you go out there on the cowlings and the Zeus fasteners and the latches would all be bare aluminum because the Mexico out there with a screwdriver and just stab it to pop it. And then yeah, just man. stick the, the screwdriver up. in there to pop the latch on the cowling and open it up. And, and so, and the key with that is just being, you know, restrained. You want to go overboard. And like we've all seen it, you, know, you see a a uh, mosquito out on a show somewhere and uh they got chipping aluminum chipping on the wings and yeah that's not 
It's like, that's uh, not <laughs> I don't think that's supposed to be there, but hey, what do I know, you know? But uh, so, no, it should be done here soon. And uh, after that, I'm going to get on to another Shelf of Doom project before I start something else. But it's hard because I've got subjects that I want to do. And like, I've been itching to do a 30 second scale prop for a while now. And it's going to be probably something Japanese, I think. Cool. Because I got a bunch of that in the stash. And I just, I don't know. I got my list of projects is getting shuffled around. End of the year, get rid of the uh, Shelf of Doom stuff, man. Yep, start fresh. All right. I'm cranking away on the AV8B still. Yeah. Started throwing some paint on it last night, and I'm not happy with what I'm seeing right now because... You're doing the black basin thing, right? I did the black basin thing, but then I started putting the Gunsy on it. Uh, The uh, light goes gray, and then it's got a medium gray, and there should be more of a contrast to them. Two colors. It, like that medium gray should be more blue. Yeah. So I got to talk to you about that, about dropping something in there to make it more blue. Got it. Uh, what was what, it? Do you know what's the, it, what, is it just the, the light ghost and dark ghost gray? Is that no, what they're called? It's, it? it, it's light ghost and medium gray. Okay. Okay. Uh, and you know how that medium gray it's should got a look more smidge blue? of a blue yeah. tint. And this bottle doesn't, of Gunsy just is not. Doesn't, huh? And maybe, you know, my thought was, maybe okay, I've only done one light coat of it, so maybe it's not popping yet. Yeah, we'll take a look at it, man. But it should be giving me more of a yeah um, contrast. Gotcha. And, you know, because you look at pictures of online of those things, and it's really blue, you know? It's like, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I've got, there's, I've got, I mean, why do you can just, you know, swing by the house, and we can, uh, we'll mix it, because I've got, like, 50 different bottles of yeah man it's like it got that funky yeah. it's like a, a tent yeah man it's like a blue it's almost like a um, intermediate blue gray right, kind of color so but i've got like a i got so many gunsy grays and again right now on the initial yeah. coat that i threw down yep off that medium gray yep it's not happening man yeah man we'll we'll get you mixed up all yeah. good and also in uh you know Running side by side with that, I got a course here that four B that I'm working on, and I and that's ready to get some blue thrown on it. So while I Sweet. wait for one paint to dry over here, I'll shoot blue on that thing. But that'll probably happen next week. Cool. So cool. Everyone's getting some bench time, and that's that's proper. I'm still I'm I'm I am gonna st- I'm staying in holiday mode until the first of the year at work. I'm gonna. Oh. I'm going to make sure I stay in holiday mode. Might as well. Everyone else is. <laughs> Everybody else and, is. Yeah. You know, <laughs> shit. Yeah. Yeah, man. I got to finish something. I, I mean, oh, I did have, this is kind of off the subject, but just squirrel. Um, I was able to move the PMR so I won't miss oh, Old Dominion. Old Dominion. Good. So, yeah, it's, it's a good thing. I'm fine. Yeah, I'm still. Well, <laughs> they've changed our. Visa entry requirements. Oh, they changes so stuff on you. I don't know. I don't oh, know what mine's going to be getting it. So you you might be there. You might not I, now. Right now, as it stands, I'd be back two days before. So okay, or a day good. before. I might be tired. <laughs> no, but, no excuses, man. Yeah, but uh, you know, fourteen hour flight, land at Dulles, drive home, pack up miles, and then drive to Richmond. I live. Oh yeah. I go to Richmond on Saturday, and then Sunday morning I fly out to San Diego for a week. <laughs> so there you go. So what we're talking about there, folks, is the uh, Old Dominion Open happening in Richmond on February twenty sixth, and uh, whoop, 
well, we're rolling up on news anyway, so whatever. I'll, I'll throw uh, contests upcoming right now. Um, best place to get info, I find, on what, what contests are coming in near you, get on the IPMS USA calendar page, and they're all listed right there. And January 8th, we have Model Fiesta coming up that you guys are heading down to, down there in San Antonio. Oh, New Braunfels, actually. Uh, New Braunfels, yeah. They don't want to, you know, disrespect over there. No, 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 no. It's the San Antonio folks that are putting that on. Right, Alamo Squadron guys. Yeah. And um, actually, we got an email from, uh, you know, here I go. I'm jumping into read an email already, right? (laughs) Um, But uh, uh, Chris McLean. Yeah, yep. sure. He he hit you up. Yep, gonna, and uh, uh, provide some uh, hospitality to you guys. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'll shoot him an email this afternoon and and uh, and touch base with him. I cool, really appreciate good deal. Him reaching out like that. Yeah. So you got that one coming up there in January, and um, God, they're just all over the country, man. A lot of uh, stuff in the Midwest happening. Hope it don't snow. February fifth out in Minnesota. That's <laughs> that's February in Minnesota. Guess yeah, what, guys? It's gonna Minnesota. snow. Minnesota. <laughs> <laughs> Chattanooga's got one in January. Again, right there on the uh, go to IPMS USA calendar page. If you're uh, looking for a model contest near you, they're all listed there, folks. Uh, other news: uh, new kits coming. Um, I know for myself, de- December's upon us, and I know Models Vit's supposed to be dropping that F82 twin Mustang soon. I'm kind of excited about that one. Definitely one I'll grab. That'll be a, probably a Christmas present to myself. There you go. Um, and also the um, Ravel SR71 is supposed to hit the street sometime in December yeah. too, any day now, probably already out there as of this recording. Did we mention the other day, the last episode about the P47C that's coming out? Yeah, we talked yeah. about that. Okay. Remember it had that funky, uh, yeah, what the, is that? The belly on it. Yeah. Ferry tank. Yep, ferry tank too. That I thought was a radome. <laughs> <laughs> it's like wow those guys are really advanced it's that's still a i mean that's that great wall hobby, hobby kit is that it who's uh, got that one coming i was just trying dora to... wings dora okay, wings. okay. Dora oh wings. that one yeah 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 yeah, yeah man gotcha um and i know it's 172 scale uh, gotcha but but it's okay but armor hobby's got a, a p51bc so the 72 scale guys are gonna be all over Lucky. that because those guys make some nice yeah. kits i mean that yep Wildcat they did and the uh, Hurricane that they did and they're just following right along with the Mustang. Yep. It's going to be fantastic. Um, it almost makes me want to build one seventy a couple of one seventy second scale kits. Ooh, Almo- yeah. I said almost. Almost. I'm not going to, but it almost makes me want to try. I think he's got the COVID. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I will say I have the um, Edward dual boxing of the MiG fifteen. I did too. In seventy two scale. I've got that one as well. So I mean, it came with like a resin seat, and there's. I thought there was so, a. Look, there's I got. A, I got that one free because I stole it from Justin during the Christmas There's a geeks party. rule in there somewhere. I'm. I'm thinking about the whole seventy second scale thing. <laughs> anyway, now but we're they, they're beautiful. Now though. we're gonna hear about it at the Christmas party from Jonathan yep. about yeah bagging on seventy two oh, scale well. kits. Oh well, I'm, we're we're giving them props. They're, those yeah. kits are so good that it makes us want to try working on seventy scale yeah. stuff. Hey, I say this, man. Yeah. You, it, when you can paint in detail in that scale and make it look really oh, yeah. s- s- more power to you. Yeah. Um, uh, oh, like Jonathan. Yeah. Jonathan. Does Jonathan. Dave, too. Yeah. Yeah. Dave does good man, car models, man. Yeah. Like his car finishes are yeah. just yeah. mind-blowing. Mind well, here's an update. 
according to Edward, UTI is an abbreviation for the it's word like trainer or something. You U C H O B N Y. I'm sorry, I know I'm butchering it. And it means rush it means training yeah. in Russian. Yeah. And so the UTI is the abbreviation for that. Yeah. Well trainer. Figured it had to be something along the line of yeah, that. Yeah. I, know. I, I still don't know what B I S stands for either. Yeah. BIS. You know, you yeah. see that in like the big twenty one BIS. Or the you know, whatever. Right. Yeah, I don't know. Best in show. I think Justin's well, this that, yeah. <laughs> Um, let's yeah. see, other new kits that I saw out here in the, uh, you know, looking at the modeling news was, uh, one, one that jumped out at me was, uh, Trump has got a 1350 escort carrier that's USS Sagamon CV 26. And, uh, that, that thing just looked cool to me, man. I might actually jump in and, and buy me a ship and build it, man. Cause, uh, it just looks, um, I don't know, just unusual from a, you know, it's got a pointy front cause I guess they were converted from, uh. Oilers, yeah. So, and, and I love Kit or I Heart Kit. I hear people say I Heart Kit, and I think that sounds more funny. Um, they got a whole new tool, one forty eight F twenty two coming out, and I was checking out the sprues. Huh? Yeah. At, at first, I thought, okay, did they hijack the uh, you know Hasegawa yeah. kit? But it's not. It's broken down differently. And I will say though that the surface detail looks about on par with what. You know, I know the Haskell kit, people say it's overdone, and I agree. Um, it is, but I'm not going to spend half my life sanding it down when I go to build it either. <laughs> uh, but I was like, oh, okay, maybe these guys have, you know, knocked it down some, made it a little more subtle, but not the case. It's, it's to me, anyway, looking at sprue photos, it looks like it's equally uh, pronounced, but whatever. Huh. It looks like a nice kit, though. Cool. Uh, yeah. Let's see. Any other, any, you guys see anything new out there or? Kit wise, or no, anything I, you're I, pumped about coming? The growler, yeah, just the growler, the growler, yeah. From well, Ming, yeah, Ming and Hobby Boss both have growlers out yeah. right now. I haven't, I haven't heard anything. Well, the Ming the, growler's not out yet. I don't think, not no. yet. Yeah. I haven't heard how the Hobby Boss new Super Hornet what they're what they're like. No, I haven't so. either. Well, maybe they've conquered don't their know. the nose issues that every other F eighteen lineaged. I don't know, man. Model kit seems yeah. to have, you know. You see these people building the the Mang F models right now, and they're just a lot of issues with the nose, apparently. Just yeah. like you had issues with the kinetic yeah. nose. Yeah, I think legacies. a lot of that was operator error, but I I really think that that nose could probably be done well with just a little bit more patience. But yeah, you know, yeah, it is know. engineered real funny. Yeah, nobody's really seemed to. I mean, the Hasegawa nose on a Hornet, if you know the tricks, it's not too bad. Like, there's one little trick about getting the nose so that there's not that huge step. But if you don't do that, you are going to be left with a big pile of goo, just the huge step. Um, So we need to take a picture of that trick because that's... Yeah, I know. That well, you trick. you did that when you did the yeah. aggressor. Yeah, and what was it making a cut somewhere? To, There's two cuts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. to There's, get some flex or yep. something. Yeah, okay. Two two cuts with a with a saw, and then a little squish from the old clamperoo. Yeah, man. And you're left with zero step and a perfect panel line. Yeah, you so, make dude. a cut on the side of the, of the nose wheel well. Yep. Well, yep. when I when I 
get to building one, I'll, I'm hitting you up yep. for that it's, for that gouge. And it is, it's money. It's it it it's not all it takes is just removing that just that amount of plastic from the saw is all it takes. Yep. And you clamp the like shape. You know, this is the nose. So you cut here, cut here, and then you clamp, Swish. and then it gets rid Sweet. of the step. Yeah, yeah. man. All right. Uh, let's see other news. I got, um, the latest IPMS journal showed up in the mail the other day. Oh yeah. It's got all the 2021 Nats coverage in there. All the winners and losers. No, just the winners. Sorry. <laughs> it's going to be um, weird not having fine scale modelers, great scale modeling. It's going to have not, not going to be any Nats coverage in there. Yeah. They weren't there, huh. were they? Oh yeah. They were not. Oh well. They're like the first time, right? And I'm like, in a real long time. Uh, damn pandemic, you know. Um, I just got a thing in the mail the other day. I got to, you know, fine scale renewing the, the subscription. So I, I don't know. I'll probably go ahead and drop a check in the mail to them or whatever. I, you know, I'll probably it. I'll re- I just got the renewal as well, Whitey. I'll, I'll do it just because <laughs> you know they're only doing six issues a yeah, year now. So yeah, that's okay. I'll, I'll still whatever. support them. You know, which is um, four less than what they because normally they do ten a year. Yeah. yeah. Now they're. Drop down six. Yeah. Well, they still do the special issues that they kick out yeah, though too. Yeah, though, so. And I mean, recently, like the last aircraft edition that they did, I, it was good. It was really good. I got, I got to get more on board with the um, you know, some of the other modeling publications that are out there that I, I don't, I, I just it, never bother picking up for whatever reason. I, um, I think Air Modeler is my favorite. Yeah, that that's, that, that's that one in particular, one. and what was that one? John Bonani was pointing it on a direction that's more armor and. Uh, armor related. They have an AV, a- AFV. Oh God, uh, edition. I don't know. Yeah, I can't think. You know, he 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 shot us a text saying that because there was a bunch of coverage yeah. from the Nats in that as yeah. well. So cool. I can't remember what the name of that publication was. John, will cool. hit me up. All right, so that's the new stuff that's out there. What about uh stuff you bought? Anyone anyone buy anything new? Oh God, to blow some money. <laughs> you were on a trip down in Texas, <laughs> oh, hitting hitting the uh. Yeah. Hobby shop circuit. Oh my so. God. Whitey, I, I, okay. So I hit Dibbles. So again, I just love the, just the going into Dibbles is fun. Um, cause it just smells like an old hobby shop and it looks like an old hobby shop and everybody there just loves models. So it's always fun going in there. So I picked up some train stuff for my dad's trains. I should put a picture up on. That place was musty. It's, I remember it going is. To that it's, place. It hasn't changed. <laughs> That's cool. But, but the people there are just freaking awesome. Yeah, I, man. I, you Great know, Mike shop. and his crew are just, they're so friendly. And they just, they hooked my dad up with some track that he needed. And anyway, I'll, I'll have to put a, my dad does this train layout. I think I showed you all some pictures. I mean, yeah. it's like, the I mean, video it's, a, of it. it's, it's huge. Yeah. So it's pretty neat. Um, and then I picked up uh, some decals and some books and a kit or two um, from Dibbles. <laughs> And uh, then had to hit up uh, Hill Country Hobby. So again, got me a set of uh, the God's Hand, um, the uh, the nippers, and I guess these are like the super super duper nippers. They're like eighty five bucks. So I'll I'll, we'll see how if they cut if if the cut's worth eighty five dollars. They're money. So we'll 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 see. Eighty five dollars worth money. Keep the leather cover on them and don't. Drop them. Got it. Because the it. minute you nip that little tip off, yeah, an eighty-five game over. Game yeah. Over. So we'll see how they go. But again, yeah. <laughs> thanks to to Hill Country for um, a couple of guys that were there. They were like, "Hey, you're you one of those model geeks?" And so we were just chatting. I think the gentleman's name was Mike. Mike was like, "Oh man, I love your podcast." So Mike, it's good talking to you. 
And, uh, of course, the owner there at uh, Hill Country Hobby, um, he's a super good dude. So thanks for, thanks for taking care of us. Um, then made it up to, met with Gabe, um, over at, uh, Lionheart cool. with Rudy. And, uh, God, I just, I just cannot say enough about that little shop at Lionheart, man. His kit selection and his, but Rudy's like his knowledge of aircraft and paint and is, is just unbelievable. And where's that located again? Is that it's, San Antonio? it's in Kyle. Kyle, it's Texas. in Kyle. Yeah. Okay. And, uh, and they don't have just, um, you know, they don't just don't have aircraft stuff. They have armor and games and Gundam and paints and just nice, but it's, it's a small shop, but it's, it don't let that fool you. I mean, it's, it's good stuff. Um, but Rudy and Danielle and his, their team, there just, they're just such good people. And I've known Rudy for a long time. So, so Kyle, yeah. that's what, what 15 miles North of Austin is just, uh, just outside south, of Austin. Just or south of Austin. Yeah. 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 So it's not far. Yeah. Um, it's just a gem of a little hobby shop. It's just incredible. And uh, and also, Rudy, thanks for uh, putting me, he, he wanted some pictures of the F4 and put them in their newsletter. And so oh, that nice. was kind of fun. Um, it's neat to see. And yeah, thanks for uh, being interested in, in, in the podcast and our work and promoting us. And, and you guys are just doing a great job. So we're happy to, to give you guys a plug all the time. So, and we'll see you in, uh, we'll see you in January. Yeah, and then, um, let's see, what else did I, what I buy? A ton of crap. The Clear Prop Sky Shark, the new ICM Late Cobra, um, an Edward, the limited edition P40, the 30-second scale. To me, a Corsair, the 30-second uh, scale kit, a uh, bunch of Hasegawa, Japanese, whatever, Val or whatever that, I just got a whole, I just, I can't even, I don't know. I bought way too much stuff because I was just like in the mood in you know, in the moment. And then of course, then cyber, whatever sale that Sprue Brothers had, had to buy a whole bunch of crap there too. So anyway, <laughs> from somebody that takes like months to build one model, it's just kind of hilarious. Santa Claus is coming to come. Oh yeah. And, and then for, and speaking of that, so, and then what am I asking Santa for? I want a new uh, PS 770 airbrush from Mr. Hobby. And I want the new 48 scale SU-27 from Great Wall Hobby. <laughs> so. Another SU-27 for Christmas. Yeah. You haven't learned. I haven't. This, it's, the great, <laughs> it's the Great Wall Hobby kit. Yeah, that's going to sit on the shelf. That'll together. be an awesome one. What's so. that other? Someone else did a SU-27 that's just oh, Hobby Boss. No, uh, Mini Mini Art. Mini Art. Mini they did art. an SU-33. Yeah. Okay, okay, yeah. I like the older. I like the, S, the older SU-27, the 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 B just the the one that had the green nose the single seater yeah, I really I really love that one so that's that's the one I ask Santa Claus to bring me so anyway sorry I'm done <laughs> do you ran oh uh, uh I didn't you know not a lot really I mean I picked up the uh, the Ming F eighteen uh, F I got that one I got our our buddy Colin who's uh, Carlos Danger. It's deployed overseas right now. I got him two of those. So Oh nice. Got those sitting up in the spare room waiting on Colin. He'll be here when you get back. Cool. Um with the Hellcat, I I started I'm at the point now where I need to start thinking about weathering. Oh yeah. And I have got a zero <laughs> uh armor weathering products. So I've I've been talking to TJ over there from the Triple P and uh and John and Scott and those guys are awesome, man. When it comes to they really are. I, stuff, I read man. through the 
the text chain and they had some, they're like, here's the bare minimum. This You can do 90% of what you need to do with like yeah. three or four products. So. Yeah. I copied that and saved it for yeah. future reference, <laughs> yeah. man. I was like, yeah. all right. Yeah. Cause I'm not, cause you, you this man, it's overwhelming. It There's is so really much is. stuff out yeah. there. It is overwhelming. And, and I, I've invited TJ down here. I know that he had made comment in their, their podcast about building his A4 and how he's going to be emailing and texting us a lot for that yeah. stuff. So and I'll touch on the, that group built here in a second, but I told him, I said, come on down, bring your armor skills. And we got some aircraft stuff and we'll, we're going to have note night. We're just going to sit down with a couple of beers and Man, sign me up and go through. That sounds so, awesome. Uh, that'd be a good time. But anyhow, I didn't pick up a, a couple of ammo products uh, from spray gunner. Uh, and that was at his recommendation. Cool. Uh, of course, I ordered those two-day FedEx eight days ago. Still don't have it, huh? Still not showing shipped. Well, so I'm. Uh oh. Yeah. Well, I'll give us Spray Gunner a. Uh, they're in another. They're where Florida, are they located? Florida? Florida. Okay. I'll give them another Damn call tomorrow. Games. I tried to call them yesterday, but we'll see what happens. Aren't um, those the dudes at Nationals that had like some bicycles stolen off? Yeah, of yeah. Oh, did they really? They had that Class A RV yeah. out there. It was all wrapped with their spray gun. They had stuff. the yeah. and they had the two like on the license plate holder yeah. had like airbrush yeah, guns, yeah. crossed airbrushes. Yeah. yeah, it was cool, but yeah. they had bicycles stolen. Yeah, that, what yeah. kind of crap is that? Yeah, that's, that's well, it's I guess. Well, we had one guy got his catalytic converter. Yeah, catalytic yeah. converter. Oh, that's right. <laughs> Cut right out of his Tim car. Cavalier. Yeah, man. Poor guy. God, that's horrible. Uh, that became an expensive trip. Uh, well, let's see here. Uh, I think I've got everything in now for the Jackson, uh, for the Plastic Posse's M3, uh, M4 group build over there. I'm doing the, uh, oh, yeah, okay. the, the yeah. Jackson from the Battle of the Bulge. And I think I've got everything. The, uh, the metal barrel was the last thing to come in, so... I've officially spent three times more on aftermarket than I have on the kit. Yeah. <laughs> so here we go. Uh, let the games begin. I'm, I'm in the same boat. Tracks and tracks and a barrel is what I'm going to limit my aftermarket yeah. to. Yeah, but it's huge. I mean, you know, again, not an ex, uh, uh, experienced armor modeler here, but when I built the SU or the SU, the 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 T55, yeah, I, the the tracks were kind of therapeutic when i put them together like you yeah. just sit down you cut up the have the little pins yeah. cut see the ones just... i got didn't have pins uh, so yeah. it's it's pretty cool they, they they go together they're the the furl is yeah. it furl track frill frill track yeah um and but no no pins and they they were fairly easy to put together it's yeah. just cleaning up white metal yep the little bitty pieces, you yep. have to file everything down. I, I think I did like one set of tracks in an evening, mm -hmm. like took a couple hours. I don't know, kind of like why you like, you, it's just like re relaxing for you to put decals on. For some reason, it just didn't bother me to put the tracks together. Some people are like, it makes such a huge difference. I'm all, I'm a, I'll put metal tracks on. Every tank I build. You have some of that uh, blackening agent, right? For I do. The, I do. Yeah. Is it? Yep, I don't want to. It's a small bottle, but you don't. Oh, need, okay. but, but you but you don't need much. That's what I was gonna say. Yeah, I don't think you need very much. Can you reuse that stuff too? You don't. Uh, I didn't. I poured it out. Really? But I mean, we'll talk yeah, yeah. later. Yeah. But if you need to use it, you can. And it's it's not. Sometimes it's hard to find though. Yeah. Yeah. All but right, it, it but it works. Cool. Yeah. Uh, that's about all I've got. Uh, I do want to make a plug real quick for the A four group build. Uh, 
since uh, I'm on that How subject. How many people we have like in we, that? We're up to 106 people you in, shit, in the group. Uh, I have to go back and really uh-huh. look at active builders. There you go. Uh, but Wow, that's if, awesome. I know, man. That you know, There's a lot of scooter fans out there. So if uh, listeners, if y'all are interested, you're on the Facebook, uh, want to get involved in the uh, A4 group build, uh, I'll put a link uh, in the show notes. Go over and check it out. When was the when was the due date? It's going to be at Nats. Nats. Really. Okay. So the the day Nats uh, opens uh, for entry, uh, and sweet. Then that will be the cutoff. If you're going to be at Nats, bring it for the uh, group display. And uh, if not, that's fine. It's not a hard fast rule. Just build to have fun. Just put pictures up yeah, on man. on the on the uh, page so we can see what's going on. So anyway, that's it. Uh, Dig it. All right. Frildo, you blow any money? Yeah, I I blew some after our last episode talking about that photo etch set for my, that robot thing for the Musaru Cup. Oh, I yeah, went ahead yeah. and peed the tea on that. So I have that inbound from our friends over in China. Good. And then I went ahead and uh, ordered the tracks for the, uh, the M4 that I'm doing. So I have those coming. What tracks did you get? I got the... Uh, hold on, let me. <laughs> They're white metal, and they came with the jig and everything. To when you, when you go to build them, it lines everything up for you. They're the uh Master Club because the Sherman I'm doing is a late one, so it had the T62 type tracks. Yeah, I don't know nothing about that yeah. stuff. <laughs> um, TJ's, <laughs> I know this, like, yeah, because I'm on the same page and uh, oh, the same, I'm in the same boat when it comes to. You know, I tossed out to those guys. All right, I'm building this type. What kind of train? You know, and they're like, yeah. oh, you need a T, you know. And I'm like, T, that's what? Russian, isn't it? But yeah, the, yeah and it's funny. My, I'm going to get this is Panda Plastics, which I guess theirs are plastic, not mm-hmm. metal. So I'm kind of worried about like, well, will I have proper sag and all that kind of stuff? But then when you look at Sherman's, there's not much sag going not on much, in those no. things, man. They you know, should, it's, not like, it's not like your Russian stuff that, that really has, has that, that droop in it, you yeah. know. Um so I think, you know, I've heard uh, uh, Matt McDougall, I think, was using these things on his Panda Plastics, and he had good things to say about them. So I'm probably going to drop some money on those things and, uh, and and a metal barrel of some sort, you know. I don't know. Whoever makes metal barrels, I'll, I'll research that later. Yeah, I got the uh, <laughs> Def model makes the metal barrel that I have for mine. That's where that came from. Is it just a straight 75 millimeter yeah. thing? And it okay. came in like a two different type mantlet covers. That I think I said oh, that okay, right. Yeah. Mantlet covers. Mm-hmm. And it came. That's what TJ told me. He's like, hey, grab these for it. And so I was like, okay. And I did. And uh, our good friends so over fun. at uh, Detail and Scale, one of our proud sponsors of the uh, show, yes. Rock yes. sent us the, uh, the new FJ4 and 4B Fury book for their part two of their oh, Fury. Oh, nice. Yes. And, uh, it's an it's an awesome book from what I've seen of it already, and um, it completes detail and scales two book treatment of the North American iconic early jet fighter for the U.S. Navy Marine Corps, and it's the two later versions, and it's the ultimate variants of the Fury, resulting from a second extensive redesign of the aircraft that bore the name. You know, so like you see in the Fury, the first one, you know, the FJ one was straight wing, and they go from a straight yeah, wing yeah, to the swept. Yep. So, this one is going to cover the FJ-4 and the FJ-4B variants, and it gives a detailed look at the last two Fury variants incorporated major design changes over the previous versions. 
and the FJ-4 served primarily with the Marines as a day fighter, while the 4B was modified to become an effective ground attack aircraft that was assigned to the attack squadrons of both Navy and the Marine Corps. And together, those two books provide the most extensive and detailed look at the Fury I know of. It's better than their older one. They came out with, like in 2003, I think. They had the first yeah. Fury book that came out that they did. And uh, yeah, if you haven't gotten it yet, go pick it up. It's an awesome book. Yeah. Uh, well, was it the meeting before last uh, club meeting? Jim Rotemel was there with the uh, his FJ-4B that he built for that publication, I believe. Yeah, it's for, in there. For the review section. Yeah, he said he had no fun with that Phoenix Grand Phoenix kit, which kind of you know I have that thing in my stash. I have and three the, of them, and the four B is one of my favorite. Uh, you know, the FJ four is my favorite version of that line of, of, of uh, early Navy jets, man. And um, you know, so after listening to him go, I was like, I'm still gonna build the thing. I mean, I'm like, you know what, man? It, there it is, sitting there. It's built, so it can be done. But it, I, I'm I'm not gonna get into it anytime soon. I'm gonna build a few fun kits for the next few months before I get back to anything that's a chore. I want to uh, to comment real quick on the detail and scale thing. That's if, if, if uh, the listeners, are, if y'all are looking for reference photos and things of that nature, that those, those publications are great. An electronic version, you can yep. get the pictures, you can spread them open on your iPad, you can make them bigger and really get down into the details. And uh, they also got a really good Facebook group. Yep. And you got Hagen over there that are doing product reviews. And all sorts of other jazz for uh, scale modeling. So uh, check them out. Good stuff over there. Uh, Bert, Rock, and the whole detail and st- uh, scale crew are doing just some yeah. some good stuff over there. I mean, go- going back to the late 80s, early 90s, I've been buying their yeah. books for reference. You've got man. shelves I, of them. Yeah. yeah. I've yep. got, uh, I'm working on that. Um, F86. Yeah, the F86, you know, and in the instructions, you open up the old pro model instructions, there's pictures in there that says courtesy of Bert Kinsey in detail and scale, you know, so Bert's been doing it for a long time because he knows what the hell he's doing for sure. Yeah, man. And as far as kit-wise, I just peed the tea last night on that. Uh, Edward uh, knew the early zero Torah, Torah, Torah. Oh, yeah. I peed the tea on that, so that's my Christmas present I think I myself. Where'd you get that from? Sprue Brothers. Oh, I know that they had it. Yeah, man. Fresh in stock. Yep. Wow. What was that run? How many? How many hundred bucks? It's like seventy-eight bucks. Wow. Whoa, that's a good deal. For a dual, it's two, dual ki- kit? two kits. Yeah, for two yeah. kits. Also, you give me one then. <laughs> Maybe one day when UNICEF gets into the model airplane business, <laughs> it's Christmas, bro. Come you on. Know, I did order yeah, the look the... instrument panels for him too, and the resume. We'll make sure he gets so. the rickshaw at the. Oh, <laughs> I'll build that sucker. Oh, you know they're doing it different. The uh, club Christmas party is gonna be different this year. Yep. You don't have to bring a gift. Tim has got them. a ton of kits that have been donated, and they're all like Hasegawa and Tamia. Oh man! And he's gonna wrap it, and he's gonna give you a ticket, <clears throat> and that's what you're gonna take. I'm wow. gonna miss it. Oh no way! Yeah, I'm out of time. I think we're going to, I don't know, some ski trip. I don't okay. even ski. Why am I going? <laughs> It'll but be fun. Whatever. Uh, I'll sit in the bar and drink beers <laughs> by the fire. Yep. I, I think the, the, the daughter wants to do some, what is it, snowboarding and stuff and all. You know, and I'm like, have oh, at man. it, kid. I'm not. I'm too old to wow. start anything new like that. It does that. hurt when you, I haven't, knock on wood, I haven't, I don't, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not some great skier, but at least Allison and I will go out and I don't have to worry about falling anymore, you know. But occasionally somebody will take you out or you'll hit a piece of ice. Yeah, no. I'm yeah, not up for that. It's not fun. Nope. Yeah. Nope. Skiing, it's like one of those 
sports that's yeah. the preparation for it is more than the actual oh hit. yeah <laughs> you, know you better I mean? be riding or doing leg workouts or cardio or something otherwise it's pointless so i mean yeah how long does it take you to go from the top to the bottom oh my goodness how Depends fast you want to go skill. man you have yeah. never skied before have no, you never have <laughs> it just seems like it's way too much work for too pizza little wedge. return oh no it's fun yeah it's fun it's yeah. it's a blast. Just like remember the wedge when we went we went out to because um, Alice and I we we go skiing every year so we've been skiing for I mean I started water skiing when I was probably like ten now, or twelve yeah so water so, ski so the transition to snow skiing is not a whole lot. it's it's different it's a different sensation being pushed rather than pulled but you know having your own weight beer yeah you know but still um, the tran the the transition was was you know was fairly simple. But I just love snow skiing. I've never snowboarded because I love snow skiing so much. But we go to like, we went to Tahoe, la- not last year, but the year before. And there, the one mountain there at Heavenly was like, I don't know, 12, 13,000 feet. And it takes 45 minutes to get from the top of the mountain to the bottom. It was it was awesome. Well, the difference is, is when, I, when I'm water skiing, or knee, I like to kneeboard as well. Yeah. Uh, my fat ass can just fall in the water and it doesn't hurt. <laughs> Okay, yeah. <laughs> but I could see my fat ass tumbling down a white mountain. <laughs> yeah, it does. It, I have to admit, if you're if you're going, if you got some speed and you, you oh, yeah. bust ass, then well, this, that's how this, uh, this guy hurt. could build up a little inertia coming down that hill too. Well, you that's know, how yeah. Sunny gravity works. That's how yeah. Sunny died from Sunny and Cher, right? Yeah, he I was think skiing he had, and he hit a tree. I think he even had a helmet on. I uh, wear a helmet yeah. when I ski, and I'm just like, but I don't go crazy with the cheese whiz when I'm skiing. I wear a helmet when I ride the bus. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> now it all makes sense. <laughs> I got it. Okay. <laughs> Jeez. But that's anyway. it for me. That's all I bought. All right, Dang, man. Squirrels are running everywhere. <laughs> they are. Sorry, Pharrell. We just totally stopped. I've been on. frugal. I haven't oh. bought anything, man. You forget. I'm the one doing the editing, so it's <laughs> you're, all good. But why do you're, I mean, you are the, you are really good about, nah, I'll hold off. Nah, I'm I'm good. Uh, okay, I'll go ahead and take that one. Me, I'm uh, like, I'll take six. So, uh, yeah, but did you see I, I had posted up uh, the little sidewalk sale that Angel's doing? And who's... His oh, wife is- was the only wife that said, no, for sweet, sweet Jesus, no, we got everything we need in the garage. Did my wife say that? Well, <laughs> yeah, probably, yeah. Did. Oh, we're going, though. When is it? Uh, I don't Is it I next weekend? Up. I can't remember. Yeah, we're going to go back. Uh, we're going to be there early, banging on the door. Yeah. Let us in. Let us I'll, I'll I'll go check it out, man. Heck yeah. You know, here's the thing. It's always, you know, the consumables, the t- the tape, the tools, yep. the yeah. paint. Yeah. You know, so. Yep, yep, yep. I don't need kits. What? I, I need. Oh, we need. <laughs> I need kits. I need. <clears throat> I wish Edward. Ammo by MIG weathering products. Is what I, I yeah, he carries all that stuff. I've got a whole bunch of stuff, Darren. Mud and all that. I got all of it. Okay. I spent good. like $400 and I got a whole. Ooh, I'm going to. Slew of stuff that I'm not using. I use like three. Bottles of stuff, and that's it. I'm going to Samo's shop over there. Come on over. There get me some Come mud. on over. Mud and weathering. Come on over, man. Tracks. Got a bunch of extreme metal crap I can give you, too. I'm never going to use. Oh, you don't like the extreme nope. metal paints? Enamel. Doesn't. Turpenoid and enamel washes don't work well on enamel paint. You just got to use a little future. <laughs> that, that was a joke, folks. Yeah, Please don't yeah. beat us up. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> I, I had to go out and- nope get a bottle of that last week though because my other bottle i did have it was, it was getting yellow anyway but i accidentally poured alcohol in it one day for whatever <laughs> reason i thought it was my um 
you know, my, my trash, my shit can or whatever. Yeah. Um, but it wasn't easy to find for one thing. I had to hunt around in a few different hardware stores. Regular supermarket, you're just not going to find it. In. No. Yeah. Lowe's uh, has it. And then it was like, you know, yeah, well, that's what I mean. You had to yep. go to like a, a, hard, a hardware store. And, uh, yeah, Am- well, Amazon. Jesus, so, you can buy kids on Amazon. So, I think. No, you can. <laughs> yeah, you can. <laughs> and rickshaws. So, um, <laughs> a little Wayfair one, too. When it comes to a uh, uh, future, so I do have a little squeeze bottle of it. Yeah. And I, who was I showing you uh, for real about how I hold uh, with my tweezers? I just squeeze future over it when I do a canopy. Huh. And then I can dab it and sit it down. <laughs> Huh. Well, so it's the same little squeeze bottle that my lacquer thinner's in. Uh-oh. Oh, I guess I wouldn't. Uh, so yeah, bet it don't is. try and clean your airbrush with Future. Future. Yeah. It didn't work that's out funny. real didn't work out real At least nice. you didn't go the other way and put lacquer on your can. <laughs> well, that's lacquer true. Lacquer thinner on your can. That's true. I wonder, I guess I'd, I'd probably eat it up pretty good. Yeah. Well, depending on how hot the, what type of. It's just it regular old uh, yeah. Ace Hardware yeah. store lacquer yeah, thinner. Man. But yeah. anyway, yeah, that was a yep. an oopsie. So yeah. oopsie. oopsie, oopsie, yeah. <laughs> they happen. All right, it's good. We're all out there supporting the hobby and buying stuff. Supporting. Hmm. If you have a local yeah. hobby shop, support that too. Yep. Um, yeah, as Scott did down there in Texas. Heck yeah, stimulate um, that economy. Hey, speaking of that, real quick, uh, I wanted to put one deal out there on hobby shops, and that was Denby. Uh, I want to mention that one more yeah, time about yeah. them going out. of you know, shutting down here in April. Yeah, that was going to be my hobby shop shout out. So good that you mentioned it now. Uh, go, yeah. Well, I mean, that's April. That's, April. April. April is when they when they fold up shop, and in the meantime, they're having uh, sales leading up to then. So, and it's on. We, you know, we we gotta should make, a, make it down there. Yeah, yeah, we got to make a road trip down there and check it out. Uh, that's in Newport News, Virginia, folks. Uh, so, if you're in that general region. Um, now amps happens in April. I wonder if they're going to be still opened at that time. Uh, I don't know. That's a good question. You know, uh, so. I believe we've got an email with the actual close date. We'll have to take a look at that. We can uh, note that later on on the, uh, okay. On yeah. the site, but we can compare that. You know, if you get on their Facebook page, they talk about it there too. So if you want to know when they're actually closing, you can God, man, that, another check one. that out there. That's just, I hate to hear that. Well, yeah. And I mean, that place has been around for a long time and, um, you know, bottom line is the owners are moving on to other things and, you know. All right, man. Um, thanks for, again, being out there and supporting your local shops. Uh, speaking of support, uh, Darren, Patreon. And you want to speak with us about that and also about the, uh, the other podcasts that are out there too? Sure. But first, I want to start by saying thanks to all our current supporters. Uh, I want you to know that your support really helps and uh want you to know that you're all awesome and completely rock uh for listeners out there that are interested in supporting the show you can do it one of two ways the first is by clicking the heart icon at the top right corner of our webpage. page uh, that will uh, take you over to our paypal me page where you can make a one-time type don- donation the second is by visiting our patreon page uh, there you'll find several different ways in which you can support uh I want everybody to know that this is not a requirement by no means. We're still going to strive to put out the best possible content that we can. That said, though, your donations do help to offset the production cost, and any amount is greatly appreciated. I also want to take a quick second to remind everyone that there are other scale modeling podcasts out there for your listening enjoyment. 
a list of those podcasts can now be found at one website, uh, www.modelpodcast.com. I'll put that link in the show notes. I'd also like to ask if you could take the time to give us a rating on whatever podcast app it is that you use, uh, preferably a five-star rating because everyone likes five stars. Anyway, uh, this rating really helps out in a couple different ways. It helps by bumping our podcast as well as the others up in the search function. And what that does is help other folks out there that are searching for Scale Model Podcast to find ours as well as the others. You can also help by sharing our podcast with your modeling buddies on social media like Facebook and the Twitter and all the other interweb spaces. So help us out and uh, put that out there. So again, to all the geeks out there, I want to say thanks for downloading and listening and uh, back on over to you. All right, tip and tool of the week. I got one for you. Um, Dave from my club, um, you know, we all use, um, what is it, uh, Accelerator? Yep. To, to you know, with our we, we, CA glue. And um, I think I was ranting about how the, uh, did I already talk about this at the last one? I, yep. I think I talked about it on the last episode about how the brush gets messed up and all that kind of stuff. Yep, yep. Use the bottom of the Yeah, but tube. Dave come back and hooked me up with a small bottle with like a needle tip on it. And that's what he uses. And I think, you know, he got them off Amazon. And I, I don't know the nomenclature for these bottles, but they're tiny, uh, uh, you know, small, you know, like a two-ounce bottle. And then with a long needle tip on it. Um, even if you had, like, liquid uh, CA glue, it'd be great for that, too, because that long needle would be a great applicator. But he uses them as an applicator for the accelerator. And um, he, he hooked me up one with one at the last meeting. He, hey, man. Heard you talking about that, so boom, gave me that, and I love the thing, man. It's really, you know, it's real controllable when it comes, you know, because usually I'm the guy that's pulling the tube out, the siphon tube, and splashing a big puddle yeah, of that stuff on there, you know. So it works in the same effect, you know. You, you're doing kind of the same thing, but it, just in a more controlled manner, and uh, so that's a cool little uh, little tool that's out there. Um, and also, I got a. I'm not sure if I talked about those super sanding blocks from Goodman Models. You know, no. from, from listening to the scale model guys up in Canada, they always, that's one of their sponsors. Hear the ad all the time. I was like, man, let me check these things out. So I, I got a set and I love them, man. I've been using the heck out of them. Um, and you would think, you know, a hard, flat sanding thing with, you know, with airplane guys like us, you know, rounded fuselages, rounded uh, curves, curves of wings. And, you know, it'd be kind of like, ah, oh, you don't want to do that. You'll get a flat spot. No, man, it's great for just knocking down and keeping everything even. And then if you're worried about the roundness, then you can come back in with like your infinity sticks and things like that. But those, um, I'm just finding that those super sanding blocks, I'm using them way more than I thought I would have, put it that way. I mean, if cool. you, you need something that's sanded flat, boom, there you go. I really like, you, you showed them to us at our little thing, uh, build thing we had up here at the games workshop, and they're, they are, they're cool. Where did I you get wish, them? I wish they made them thinner. From, um, if you get on... If you just Google Super Sanding Blocks, you'll okay. get a link to... So, uh, Goodman Models. Well, Goodman, Goodman okay. Models makes them, but I believe it's... Yeah, it's somebody yeah. else, because I asked for a set for Christmas. And oh, so let me find it real quick. They had a sale. like thirty. Well, I asked for that in one of those Tank Craft P47 mats. Yep. And I think they have a 30% off sale. So, 
So the sand, the sanding blocks are cool. You you know the little thin sanding sticks, the uh, yeah, what they call minis or whatever mm-hmm. they are. I wish they made you know the these Goodman ones like that that are thin because these are reusable. Yeah, like like a glass one. Yeah, it's got yeah. actual paper on it. But <clears throat> so you can get into some of those hard uh, reach areas. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm thinking specifically between gun barrels on leading edges yeah. and things like that. That's just a pain oh, yeah. in the ass to get yeah. into. Okay. Sean's custom model tools is where you want to go. Ah. Coming out of Canada. Uh, so shipping's not, not expensive and it's uh, relatively uh, quick from up there. Uh, so cool. Sean's custom expensive. model tools. Either like 25 bucks with the, the little 3D printed stand form. Oh, too. nice. Yep. All right. So I'm gonna spend some more money. Good deal. Yep. Again, I, 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 again, I'm using them way more than I thought I would have. So it's good for doing tires too, like flat spots mm-hmm. on tires, so you can hold them together and then just. Oh yeah. And because it, it's like, uber, you know, straight, they you don't are. have to worry about rounding it. We'll get both of them to. They're flat. cool. All right, that's your tool and tip of the week. Let's talk mail call. Boom. Mail call. All right, we didn't get uh, bombarded like we typically do with mail when it's my turn, so this is kind of good. Uh, you're, you're you're welcome for that. But um, we mentioned Chris McLean earlier from down at the uh, New Braunfels show down at the uh, Alamo Squadron IPMS. They're gonna he he wrote in, uh, you know, offering up um, some hospitality to you, you guys that are heading down there. So that's cool. Yep. Thank you, Chris, for that. Um, okay, so the, the next email that uh, Robbie Knopf's out of um, Alberta, Canada. He he wrote in. He he also does a YouTube um, channel that's pretty nice. The uh, the model guy, and um, let's see. He was writing in about a weathering episode, and um, but what man? What jumped out at me was his blurb here, where he talks about. Uh, okay, so he talks about uh, unfortunately, you know, personally, I enjoy weathering aircraft as it takes the model to a different level and makes it more realistic. Exactly, that's what we're all here for, right? Mostly. Unfortunately, that's not the thought of a few people, and I found my Corsair being labeled as, quote, overweathered at the AMS show, AMMS show, this past October. Even after showing the judges my reference photos, they doubled down and told me I was wrong. Ridiculous. I got to agree, Robbie. Totally ridiculous. Uh, especially if you guys, if you get on his uh, YouTube page and look at his work with that Corsair, it's friggin' outstanding. Um, you know, so... Thanks for writing in, Robbie, and uh, you know definitely uh, I'm all about plugging your, your YouTube channel because it's uh, you, you got some great stuff going on there, some fantastic work. Um, oh, and w- one last other thing from Robbie Knopf's. Uh he says uh, for you, Frildo. I also wanted to give a shout out to Frildo for the hookup with the Lovis AF A4M decals. And he says I I hope I can meet your naval aircraft standards. We have standards. <laughs> I don't know. Well, you know, he is doing so. a Pax River bird too. The one oh, cool. he's doing is a Pax River one. All right, man. So, well, all right, Robbie, we're looking forward to your build on that A four. Thanks. Uh, next up is uh, let's see, Brent, our old, old buddy Brent. Brent from the club, left us, moved away. Um, Good reason though. Good yep. reason. He lo- he says he loved the segment that you did about the uh, health and mental benefits of modeling, and yeah. uh, we kind of talked about that at the last day. And that's something we got co- upcoming later on. I think we're gonna yep. uh, talk to some folks about that. Sit down with Doctor Darren. Yeah, oh, man. Dr. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and what uh, <laughs> I like this though, he's like he said. Also, you know, he's always throwing tossing ideas out, and he says, "I like." Yeah, uh, I think you need a segment called Frill Do and Frill, Frill Don't. don't. <laughs> so uh, that, that's. Uh, 
something that I think you need to, you know, come up with for yourself. I'm you sure know. I do enough stupid shit and I can figure something out. There you out. go. So that's a frill don't. don't. If it's stupid, a, don't. Could be a new segment going into season two here in January. <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah. We could be like, Girl, we could do that and make it where it's like anybody who had a, a, a doof moment, a, you know, a ditz moment, they can come in. Oh, guess what I did? And, you know, in this week's segment. I've never had any frill of those. Frill do and frill don't. Mm. Just kidding. We need to have it. We'll have the frill do and the frill don't award. <laughs> oh, that's good. <laughs> yeah. That's good. Yeah. Thanks, Brent. Yeah. <laughs> oh, let's see. Last week we got uh, uh, David Waples writing in from. Um, I want to say he's out in Colorado. Yes, because yeah. uh, he's talking about the uh, those cordless airbrush um, mm-hmm. things that, that yep. uh, John Bonani, who's also in Colorado, um, he says I may have reported some misinformation to you about using this tool at high altitude. One of the guys in our club here in Colorado bought one from Spray Gunner, and it didn't work. Spray Gunner had him send it back, and they sent a new one to replace it. Great service, anyway. So I want to post to JB from the Triple P that he successfully used it here in Colorado. So it's not he the did. altitude. Yeah. He did. I think he said it for an hour and 45 minutes spray time or something. Yeah, he it was still had. Time. Yeah, he's still had. Wow. Yeah. And I wonder, you know. And he's in Denver, so he's at the mile high. And yeah. they have an adapter where you can use your own airbrush if yeah. you want. Yeah. Yeah. But would yeah, altitude yeah. even mess with something like that? It changes yeah. the so when you look at bars, right? It's a barometric thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah it just so has to do. I don't know how much pressure you lose but yeah. there's you gotta lose some oh, less yeah. pressure up there yeah mm-hmm. so it's you're gonna lose I, a little bit yeah i think it's negligible though it's not anything yeah crazy. it shouldn't be too much yeah. not at like right. five thousand feet in 20 30 000 feet mm-hmm. absolutely yeah but different story five thousand eh, little it's bit, like on maybe. the box of macaroni and cheese they tell you for people <laughs> in higher altitudes <laughs> yeah. cook it for 25 minutes <laughs> that's right Oh that's man! Right. <laughs> frill do. <laughs> that's a frill do. I cook it. I cook go. it until I take the noodle out and I throw it on the micro and it, it sticks. sticks. Exactly. That's all We're you gotta done. do. Yeah. I also put it in my mouth and see if it's you know. No need for public math. Just you that's know. right. As long as it's not crunchy. <laughs> that's right. enough for government work. Um, and that was it for mail for this past uh, segment. You know, what two week fortnight huh. as the as the Aussies say. Hey, thanks for everyone for uh, for writing in and dropping us a line here, uh, here or or on our Facebook page too. We're getting a lot of messages there. Uh, if you have a question, a show suggestion, or just want to say uh, you're tuning in, or uh, yell at us, feel free to toss us a message at contact at modelgeekspodcast dot com. That's all one word. Um, or or on our Facebook page, drop us a line too, and and then just the, Scott, you just mentioned something about the uh, whole weathering, you know, with Robbie's uh, Corsair, um, that he got dinged yeah. on weathering, and uh, you know that's a whole another show topic we could probably do, but um, I weathering, yeah, sure, take it into account when looking at the overall grand scheme of things, uh, you know, out, of, out there, you know, again we're talking contests here, folks, um. You know, I don't think it should be something that's okay. It's quote over with. That that's pretty opinionated. It's not subjective. Absolutely, yeah. You know, so I don't know. It's very know. objective. Uh, and I, I'd take that the, crap out of the model judging. I'd, yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd throw the bullshit flag if that was a. Yeah, uh, I've I've had somebody say, you know, I, you know, I, I, whatever Navy jet I built, and they said that that's a little over weathered, and I'm like, have you have you have you not yeah. looked at? 
well, Navy the, aircraft after a nine-month cruise. I can see where finish can be brought in, you know, so if it's sure. something that makes the finish look like, but to specifically say it and to look at his work, too, yeah, it's, yeah. we're not talking that he just... Or post-shaded the hell out of it yeah, with a it bunch of black It, it or doesn't something. look like it's plaid or anything yeah. like that, you know, it looks <laughs> freaking awesome, and the chipping's right, and, yeah. and in the right spots for Corsairs, if you really yeah. want to get down in the weeds. Yeah. Um, you know, so, you know, from a judging perspective, for me personally, I'm, I'm not looking at um, whether or not someone's weathered or not. Yep, I agree. Or, quote, over with, you know, that's just, yep. that's just dumb. It's not right? even part of judging. Nope. Nope. All right. Not even part. Again, thanks for the words, folks. All right, main topic. We're going to talk, uh, I'm going to drop an interview in here. We did um, a segment of interviews out there at Nats uh, in Vegas, and one of the guys we sat down with was uh, Jeff Hearn of Scale Colors. He does a line of paint that's great, uh, specifically for you ship modelers, um, as well as aircraft. Uh, I know a couple of colors I picked up from was the uh, Japanese training orange and yellow. And yellow, orange-yellow, yellow-orange. Um, yeah, I picked up those from them because I got a couple of Japanese trainers I'm going to be building sometime in, in the future. I promise I'm going to build them all, honey. <laughs> They're all going to get built, <laughs> you know. So, uh, But I picked up uh, Scale Colors uh, paint from Jeff. And Jeff is also um, one of the uh, foundings of the another one of the other uh, podcasts out there, uh, the Modeling Miscretants podcast. Uh, you can listen to those folks for some entertainment, entertaining banter as well uh, to keep your company at your bench. Um, and let's see, he, he sat down and really gave us some real good insight on the whole process of uh, yeah, producing model paints. Um, you know, so let's go ahead and uh, take it away, Jeff. Hey, Geeks, what's up? finishing up day four last day of the nets and uh getting ready for the awards ceremony here to kick off in about uh about an hour and a half or so i guess and uh we're taking some time sitting down with jeff hearn of scale colors hey guys how's it going pretty good good to see you again man yeah, yeah. likewise last yeah. been uh, a couple years <laughs> yeah we met jeff in chattanooga he was out there uh selling his wares um talk to us about your company and what 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 you do, Scale Colors. Scale Colors is a, is a paint line. I've been, you know, I've been a uh, modeler my entire life, and it, was, uh, it rose out of a necessity. You know, I was um, doing a commission job, and I, I couldn't find the paint color that I needed, and a buddy of mine, you know, always the kind of guy that always gets you into trouble, you know, kind of like what he does with you. Yeah, sure. And, uh, and he says, <laughs> Not me. <laughs> he says, uh, well, you can't get the paint, so why don't you just start your own paint company? And I was like, yeah, yeah. Bing, okay. light bulb. Huh? Light bulb went off in my head because this was right around the time the testers had, had gone away yeah. officially. And um, so one thing led to another. And I, I jokingly put it out on Facebook. I said, uh, are any of my friends paint chemists? And mm -hmm. lo and behold, one of them said, yeah, I just retired from PPG after 32 years. What do you need? Wow. Lock, huh? Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. And um, so I gave him a laundry list. I said, okay, well, you know, while we're shooting for the stars, let's, let's you know, do something different. Let's not just be another you know, pigment binder, water, paint company. Yeah, yeah. So I gave him this laundry list of all of these things that I wanted. And they were about, you know, I, when I got to like number 10, he's like, all right, stop. If we're lucky, you'll get five. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you get five of the things that you want. And um, so we, we went into testing. And, um, you know, I, I kind of did the mad scientist thing. I have no background in chemistry whatsoever. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm the, I'm the kind of guy that, you know, 
can like burn water. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, but he was, he was, you know, he was, he was on board. He's a modeler as well. Mm-hmm. And, um, and he was on board and, and, you know, we started messing around with formulations and, and paint. And, um, we went through about, you know, probably 450, 500 different permutations. Now for a, the knuckle dragon airplane mechanic sitting here, how, how are you doing that? Are you hanging out in your garage, literally just like whipping stuff together? I mean, wh- where's it done? How do you, That's, how does this process work? Now it's funny because in you, a nutshell, in, I guess, in a you know? nutshell. well, the, um, <laughs> and it's funny cause there's, I mean, I could go off on a segue of all of those different crazy stories that we had, but yeah, we, we basically, um, when, when I moved out to the Midwest, we, we bought a new house mm-hmm. and the running deal was my wife got the, the two upper floors and I got the basement. And, uh, and I said, you know, you do whatever you want in the two upper floors. You just, yeah. the basement's my domain. And Sounds we, real familiar, yeah, man. Like everybody else, you know, <laughs> anybody who's got a workbench in the basement. And, um, so he, you know, he would write stuff down on, on paper and he'd do all these formulas, which were, you know, totally foreign to me. It was alien. And then he, he says, okay, well, now, this is going to change this and this is going to change that. So we, we went through all of these different permutations mm-hmm. and I'll tell you, we had some stuff that was really amazing. Um, we came up with an, with an acrylic um, and you spray it and it literally looks just like glass. And I said, there's no way that we can ever achieve this with an acrylic. This is amazing. The car guys are going to love me. And then you sneeze and it just kind of peels off. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was like, okay. You know, so we went through all these different permutations and, you know, we ended up with stuff that, you know, caked up and powder coated. And I think there's a few things out there that the DEA might be interested in. With, yeah, man. You know, just some of these chemical <laughs> compounds that we were messing around with. And uh, we finally found one. And uh, lo and behold, we got eight of the 10 bullet points. Um, that we were looking for in that the paint's non, I say non-toxic. It's got isopropyl alcohol in it. Don't drink it, kids. Don't drink it, yeah. Um, but it's non-flammable. Mm-hmm. It's it's very, very low on the toxicity rating. I've used it, and it doesn't stink up my, I have a really tight space that I op, yeah. that I work and operate in. Yeah. Um, and that that was led me to switch into acrylics a few years back, Um because tired of going out to the garage to shoot paint. Right. Um, but yeah, I, I've used your paint in my tight spot there that I work in. Um, I always, I wear a respirator typically regardless. Yeah. Um, but you know, you take it off to take a walk out of there and, and the room doesn't stink, you know, right. the, the space doesn't stink up. So yeah. great. Well, that was, that was actually like, I mean, from a, from a modeler standpoint, being able to create the colors that I needed was, was my first priority. Sure. Um, yeah. But, on the on the human element side of it, the number one priority for me was because of my wife. She's asthmatic. Okay, yeah. And and I could just spray you know Tamiya with regular Tamiya thinner, and she she'd vapor lock. You know, it mm-hmm. was it was brutal for her. So uh, the beauty of it now is that I'm I spray this stuff, and you know I can have a uh, you know I can have a, a mushroom cloud of navy blue, <laughs> and she doesn't even know I'm spraying. <laughs> <laughs> so that that's one of the one of the big benefits. But we went through all of these different permutations of trying to find the, the proper balance. And, and there's a few things that we had to compromise on, you know, the, mm-hmm. you know, everybody, you know, you spray in a, uh, an acrylic and you, you hit it with the hairdryer and you're good to go five minutes later. The trade-off with that is durability. You yeah. Know, you put a mask, you put masking tape on it to my tape on it and it peels right off. Mm-hmm. So I traded drying time and curing time for durability. So like any other acrylic, you put it down and it, it's dry to the touch in probably, you know, four or five minutes. Um, but the paint actually goes through a catalytic process. It's a hard polymer acrylic. Yeah. And the isopropyl alcohol acts as the catalyst. It's the kicker. And, and that's what triggers the chemical reaction. But it takes about 48 hours for that, sure. for that paint yeah. to actually crystallize. 
Um, and then, you know, and that's why I, I yelling at everybody. I mean, you've heard it all through the nationals. The guy, you know, I want to use Mr. Leveling thinner. I want to use too much. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, I could give you a dissertation in chemistry on how, you know, electrons and, you know, chemical catalytic reactions. The truth of the matter is it just gums the stuff up and it makes a big mess in the airbrush because you've got to have that slow curing process in yep. order for the paint to be the most durable. Okay. Yeah. So that's where we are. And, um, you know, and, and I started out just doing Navy colors. When, when I met you guys in Chattanooga, we had 26 colors. Navy ships. Navy correct. ships. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Navy ships. Boat, boat colors. Boat colors, okay. <laughs> I know they're not boats, but yeah, ship colors. And, um, and, and we, it just kind of took off from there. I mean, we, we, came into, um, we came into Las Vegas with 128 colors. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it's, well, I say we, it's, it's me. Yeah, yeah. I'm a one-man operation here, you know, and... Um, you know, I get help. My friends, you know, we did 3,000 bottles of paint in about five weeks to get ready for this show. Where are you doing that at? You In, in, your, in the house. You're, in the house. You're, you're, okay, you're mixing yeah. the stuff and yep. bottling it right there, yep. right at home. I, huh? I have a, and it's kind of funny because, you know, everyone thinks it's kind of like a mad scientist lab. <laughs> I have a, I have a, well, and it, and it worked out really well because I, I had, um, it, my house is a, it's a relatively new house, but there's this area where they were supposed to put the furnace and the water heater and all the utility stuff. Yeah. And they didn't. For some reason, they put it right smack in the middle of the basement. So that, that area was kind of opened up. And I was like, you know, this will make a really cool workshop. Everything is, it, it's kind of like being in a submarine. Everything is within arm's reach. Yep. You know, and yep. Ergonomic. And, uh, but eventually, and anybody that, that knows me, you know, I have become the king of ridiculously, stupidly large projects, you know, and I'm doing one six scale <laughs> tanks and, you know, 48 scale aircraft carriers and, and, and stuff like this. And it's just not a big enough space. So I convinced my wife to allow me to have the other side of the basement. So I've got, you know, like 22 feet of workbench space with all the stuff just to build. And then that became my paint production area. The, the previous okay. area became my paint production area. So I have a photo spectrometer there and, um, I have a couple of manual machines that I use for bottling. Um, but everything else is done by hand. The bottles are poured by hand and the labels are printed and put on by hand. And, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's a very, um, it's a tedious process. Yeah. Sounds like it. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I don't have a spectrometer in my basement. <laughs> Everyone should get one. <laughs> yeah. I, I can set you up. I mean, you know, it's, uh, but, you know, and that's the, that's the beauty of it is that it just now, well, I mean, you're you're the perfect example. You know, you you sent me a note about you know two specific, two specific colors, and um, you know they were they were within production within a week or so. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting because you know, like you, I saw you brought out the two Japanese trainer colors, the orange yeah. and the yellow. And if you would just give us a, you know, what made you go with both colors? Well, if you go back through. And, and you look at, if I go back through and I look at my, the history of what I have done, um, it, you know, model building is just one aspect of it. I mean, I'm a writer and, and, and I'm an author and, and, but I, I kind of have this secret life that I just, I love doing historical research. Uh-huh. And, and I've kind of really, it's, it's going to be culminating hopefully within the next year. I'm doing a book on the history of U.S. naval camouflage. And it's literally, you know, it's, it's going to be about as boring as watching paint dry, which is a, you know, kind of a pun in and of itself because that's what the book is about but <laughs> he's um, here all week folks yeah yeah try to be um, <laughs> sure tip your waitresses uh, so um you know it, it um 
if I do a navy color or if I do a, a modern color, there's a federal standard to it. Mm-hmm. You know, we've got we've we've all every modeler of of any worth has got a federal standard book on his on his workbench somewhere. Mm-hmm. Or he's got a a book of paint chips from you know Monogram or Iliad or whoever, and, and he's got a reference that he can work from. Um, and I have all that stuff. But every once in a while, you run into stuff and you kind of look at it and go, I, I, I don't have any experience in that particular field, I don't, or in that particular area right. or subject matter. And that was the case with this. I mean, yeah, I knew trainers were orange. I, you know, I, I remember like mowing lawns for three weeks to buy that 30-second scale willow biplane yeah, molded yeah. in the bright orange plastic. Nice I was, kit, yeah. I was so psyched I didn't have to paint it. You know, that was, mm-hmm. yeah, that's a big deal when you're 12 years old, you know. Um, so I, I, what I started to do was reach out to people that were in the know. Yeah. And, um, and I reached out to some of the guys in the Pacific Rex group. Okay. Yep. And, okay. uh, and I said, okay, this is what I want to do. Tell me what you know. And, and I got feedback from a bunch of different guys and, and, uh, everybody kind of agreed, you know, we got two colors and these are the, you know, these are the Munzel values for the color. And then I looked at it and said, okay, well. You know, there's a, I have a problem with Munzel because there's so many different versions, you mm-hmm. know, and so if you find a source document and it, it's, you know, from the war and it's sourcing a, or citing a Munzel code, it was probably based on the 1929 version. Yep. And now you got okay. guys that are flipping through the 1974 version and it's not the same thing. Mm-hmm. So you got to kind of do all of that, that research and snooping around. And, and, uh, so we, we, had a couple of conversations and finally we came to like a consensus that you know and some guys were arguing that the trainers weren't actually orange some guys were arguing that they were yellow you know and and that, that it was the chrome uh the chrome yellow that they used right, yep. so i said you know what i'm as long as we can agree on the colors yeah forget it i'll just do both colors mm-hmm. <laughs> and and that's kind of the approach that i'm taking with this now if, if i can get a consensus of opinion from the people who know the subject matter. Right. I'll produce the color and, and where you go with it is entirely up to you. Mm-hmm. You know, if you look at it and you say it's too green or it's too dark or it's too light, whatever, well then adjust the color accordingly. Yeah. You know? yep. And, and I, I don't, I don't profess to be an expert on color because there's just, you know, so many different verticals and genres that, mm-hmm. um, you know, that are, that are, uh, out there and you can't be an expert on any of them you know so that that's kind of where i'm at with it and it's been uh, i did that with the titanic colors yeah now you kind of answered a question i had through that um uh explanation there uh i was my next question to you was going to be how do you how do you mix up a color you know you look at so the process starts with looking at a color chip for example that's the easy way um okay yeah okay so Tell that's, us the hard way then. <laughs> <laughs> that's the easy way, and and the hard way um, is is it's kind of a, a multi, you know, multifaceted approach um, depending upon what the color is. If somebody's got a, a a color chip and they say, "I need you to replicate this for me," that's yeah. easy. I put it under the photo spectrometer, and it and it gives me, you know, it, in color terms, you'll hear the the term delta E, and that is the that is the um, it, it kind of assigns a, a, it's a comparative value between two colors. Uh-huh. And I use that real heavy for uh, quality control so that if you buy a color from me, you know, today, and then you buy that same color four years from now, it's going to be the same color mm-hmm. uh, because we put it under the, the computer, we analyze the color, and then we adjust it based off whatever the original sample was. 
Um, like when we, the, a perfect example would be the Titanic, you know, mm-hmm. everybody, you know, Titanic's been on the bottom for 108, 109 years now. And, um, and nobody really knows what the colors were, you know, nobody knows what the color of the funnel, they know it was some kind of a buff color, but yeah, you know, and, and her whole bottom, you know, you got to go back and look at the history of what everybody was using at the time. Yeah, there weren't a whole lot of color photos back at that time. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and in the case of like, and Titanic, and I'll, I'll segue back to this because this answers your question. Um, you know, I ended up finding the original patent that the manufacturer of the paint had actually submitted. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was a CYA move that because people were using his name and, and he wasn't getting paid for it. So, yeah. yeah. And, um, and I found out that, you know, the, the color was actually mercuric oxide and copper oxide mixed together with yellow shellac. And at one point it even had arsenic in it mm-hmm. because it's an anti-fouling paint. They don't want anything biological sticking to the hull because it slows the ship down. So I, you know, went to a chem lab and said, I need mercuric oxide and I need copper oxide. And they asked me a whole bunch of questions as to why I wanted these <laughs> toxic chemicals. And, um, and I went to the hardware store and bought gum shellac, which is, you know, the same stuff. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, half of this and half of that. And I did the mad scientist thing and I mixed it up and, uh, stunk to high heaven. And, you know, <laughs> you wear gloves and a respirator because the stuff has got like, you know, three yeah. skulls and crossbones on the, on the yeah. package. <laughs> and, um, and I mixed it up and I, I put it on a piece of styrene and I looked at it and I let it dry. It took about a week to dry. It changed color. It got really dark as it, as it went along. And, uh, I finally said, okay, this is, you know, that's based off the original formula. Well, what else can I do? Mm-hmm. You know? So I, and I looked at it, I said, you know, it, it looks right. It's not pink. It's not Ferrari red. It's kind of, but it doesn't have that red brown that you see like on the, on the World War II era ships because they didn't start using iron oxide until the 1920s. It was too expensive to produce. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, I, Got that paint chip and I put it under the photo spec and, you know, got the, got the color data for it. And then I mixed a color that was not poisonous. And that's the color that, you know, I use in the Titanic set. And then you kind of go back and you tell everybody, look, this is how I did it. Yeah. You yeah. know, I kind of reverse engineered the paint to come up with this. And, and, you know, colors are not perfect, you know, and, and I, I, that's part of my dog and pony show and, and part of my sales pitch, like, and especially here. You know, and, and, and I'm not perfect by any stretch. So if you've got information that allows me to make the color better, you know, it's not like I'm going to be sitting on a million bottles of Titanic red. You know, I, I, I do it in very small batches. Yeah. So as new data comes along and it, it applies to any color, it could be modern Navy colors or, or Japanese Navy color as new as, as new data comes along, I'm more than happy. Um, to introduce that new data and adjust the colors accordingly. And I've actually had it happen a couple of times where guys have come out of the woodwork and said, here, look at this. And I look at it and go, wow, that makes sense. And yeah. you adjust it accordingly. Sounds to me like the research aspect of this is a, something you really enjoy. Then, right? It's, um, you know, it's, um, it's taken over the, it's kind of replaced the, the modeling side of it for me. <laughs> yeah. And, and it's, it's kind of depressing because I love building. I, I, yeah. you know, I, it's something that I have been doing since, you know, I was a little kid and, and I never stopped, you know? Um, but now I'm, I'm spending so much time doing paint work that I, I don't have time to get to the bench. 
So I kind of live vicariously through my customers. You know, I, I, the Facebook group and whatnot, I tell them, you know, send me pictures of your work. And, mm-hmm. and I, I guess I got to be honest with you. There's some guys out there that are doing some absolutely amazing stuff with my pain and it makes me feel good, you know, because they're happy about it. And, you know, so I'm kind of living vicariously through my customers for the time being. So at least until I can hire somebody to do all of the menial work and yeah. I can go back to goofing off. That's <laughs> <laughs> what we well, all want to do, right? Yeah. I grabbed myself a couple of the, uh, the, those Japanese colors you talked about. I got, a, you know, a couple of 48 scale, a willow and what's the other Japanese biplane trainer that kit kicks around. You see it, Nichimo kit. Yeah. Uh, what is oh man, I can't think. I can't of think it was called. It's a cool looking plane yeah. though. Yeah. But it's got a, you know, spruce. The spruce. spruce. Yeah. yeah. Spruce. That's it. Yeah. So I have the, I have the both of those and you know what? Maybe I'll go one color on one and one color on the other or something like that and get criticized on the internet about it and all that yeah and and that's that's part of the thing is when i when i put some of these requests out there you know you get these armchair experts and you know who you are i i get these armchair experts and 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 immediately i'll get this like 35 paragraph manifesto of color theory and i'm like dude i'm just going off what this guy said and that guy said because they're the experts and i'm just making the paint don't shoot the messenger you know if you don't like the paint then don't buy it i'm not gonna right mix your own man exactly you Add know, a little white to it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, scale effect. Here we go. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a whole other debate, right? Oh, yeah. Jesus. So, I, I had a little funny segue. I had a guy come in today, and he was talking about, are these paints one-to-one, or are they scale-affected? Oh. And I said, let me ask you a question. I said, you've got a Ferrari, right? And it's a bright red Ferrari. I said, if you're building a model of that Ferrari, do you paint it pink for scale effect? And he just stood there and he kind of looked at me for a minute and he said, dude, it's all relative. Yeah. You know, it's all relative and it's all, it's all, you know, you see, you see the environmental haze of distance, you know, differently than I do, differently than you do, or, you know, everybody perceives it differently. Everybody perceives color differently, Mm -hmm. you know, Uh, and, and. And that's that I even got into like studying like uh, color blindness, like di- dichromatism, well, where, you, where people see b- browns as greens. And you get really bored, don't you? Oh, I have no life. <laughs> <laughs> I have no life whatsoever. I mix paint. You know, I look up, you know, color theory questions and yeah, and then, you know, I come to shows and, you know, spout off like I actually know what I'm talking about. But you know, it's it's um it's been a it's been a lot of fun, and I've it's it's allowed me to meet with a lot of it's allowed me to meet and interact with a lot of people who, um, you know, have areas of expertise that you know I just I don't even think about. Mm-hmm. You know, I got approached by the sci-fi guys, you know, and I got a I got like a two-hour lesson in the history of the local model railroad paints that ILM used on the original Star Wars models, you know. <laughs> Even I was bored by the end of the conversation, but I'm like, you know what? There's a market for this. Sure. You know? Do you get a lot of paint requests? Hey, can you do this color? Uh, yeah, I do. Um, and like anything else, you know, I, I, it's a passion, but at the same time, it's a business, mm-hmm. you know? And, and the craziest one that I got, and, and uh, he'll, he'll, he listens to you guys, so he'll probably get a chuckle out of this. I got a guy who asked for World War I Italian Mountain Troop Green. And I said, you know, that's fantastic. Uh, You know, the minimum run is 124 bottles. So, (laughs) you know, so it's going to cost you about 700 bucks to get all of the mountain troop green that you're ever going to need for the rest of your life. And, and, and I was kind of half joking, but I was also kind of serious. Now there is this thing that we do and 
other paint companies do it as well. Um, that you you produce a color and, and you get that photo spec'd out color, and then you you try to find something else that matches it. You know, so I do World War One Italian Mountain Troop Green. And I put it under the photo spectrometer and I get a set of data for it. And then I go around to all the other color chips that are kind of close. And it's like, okay, World War One Italian Mountain Troop Green is actually like a, a point, you know, seven five Delta E from nineteen forty two Marine Corps Green. Well, okay. So what I'll do at that point is if it's under and and Delta E, I went back to that, that's the 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 difference between two colors. Anything over two point is is perceptible to the human eye so anything under 2.0 is imperceptible to the human eye you can't see the physical difference between two colors when i'm doing batch quality control i keep it at zero. Zero is acceptable for me because you know i'm mixing the same amount same colors um but if i can find two colors that are with you know under 1.0 yeah i'll double label you know mm-hmm. so I'll, I'll give him his wow you're throwing yourself under the bus dude <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> no, 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 no. But but it's got to be close. It's not one of these things where, and 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 every, and like you said, every every paint company does that. Every folks. paint company does that. I mean, you know, um, I, I remember when I was doing, um, I, I wrote a book a while back, and I was doing an RAF project, and I was looking for that that gray green that they use in Spitfire interiors, and 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 I found that I had like two drops left in the bottle. So I was like kind of freaking out. So I'm going through my Gunsy rack. And yes, I actually produce paint, but I use everybody else's sure. stuff too. Yeah. You know, I, I don't make everything. Yeah, I'm not married to anyone. Yeah. Line. And uh, so I found that the Israeli kefir green is the exact same color. I, I So I took the two drops that I had of the RAF color from Gunsy, and I took some of the kefir green and I put them out on the same piece of plastic and I photo them and they're identical, like point point one two five. Delta E, and I'm like, okay, so they all they did was they relabeled it, so but that's fine because both of those colors are historically almost identical. Okay, just so I can be comfortable with all that, how often <laughs> is that machine calibrated? Um, <laughs> typically, I'm kidding, dude. I'm kidding. Well, typically every three to five days. Really? Yeah. yeah. Every three to five days, and and we shoot against. Well, it's just like photography. You know, if you see the guys that and they shoot like custom white balances and you'll see them shoot like uh, uh, a white card or a gray card Mm -hmm. for specific lighting. We do the same exact thing. Gotcha. All right. Do the same exact thing. So now earlier you'd mentioned you wrote a book. Yeah. So why don't you tell us what that book was about? Yeah, it's uh, the book is entitled Modeling British Aircraft of World War Two. It's published by Crowwood Press. It came out in April and um, it was a. I, it wasn't even on my radar. I mean, I'm, I'm not even, you know, I'm not going to lie. It was, it was just one of those things that just came out of left field. And, uh, you know, I was, I was actually in the middle of writing two ship books and I got this call and they said, you know, the guy that was going to do it is having some health issues. Would you be interested in, in stepping in? And I said, well, what's the timeline on it? And they said, well, you know, we'd like to have the book in, you know, six to eight weeks. I'm like, you'll be lucky if you get it in six to eight months. I mean, you know, we we did the outline of the book and they wanted four or five different projects. Um, and, and it was different for me because as a as a modeler that has done this for a very long time and I, and I don't I don't profess to be some, you know, superstar modeler, but I'm I'm not in 
I'm not a beginner or intermediate modeler anymore just by virtue of the amount of time I've been doing it. And they wanted me to target this book towards beginner modelers. Mm-hmm. And they said, you know, we want this book to be something that someone who is in the hobby store buying their first Airfix kit, you know, will buy this book and then they'll see that there's a Spitfire in there and there's a Swordfish in there. And, and this is going to be, you know, their guide to, you know, reducing or eliminating their learning curve. And I said, oh, do I really want to do this? And, but, you know, I, I kind of thought about it and I said, all right, you know, if, if we can, if we can come to an agreement about how the book is laid out and, and, and how it's driven, you know, in terms of the story, um, in each of the projects, I'd, I'd be willing to do it. And of course, you know, I worked for Fine Scale Modeler for a while and, and I published a book. My, my first book was published back in the, in the late nineties, mid nineties. And, uh, so I, it's not like I came in not knowing what I was doing. Yeah. And, uh, they were, uh, they, I think in the time that I wrote the book that I went through three editors. <laughs> and, no, you don't say. I don't know if I had anything to do with that or not, or just because I was it just so, got tired. Yeah. <laughs> just, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, mate. I quit. I'm out. And, um, you know, but, but they were really understanding and, and, um, you know, I, I'd be halfway through a, a chapter and I'd come up with some brilliant idea and I'd pitch it to them and they'd say, no, stay to the plan, stick to the plan. Mm-hmm. Okay, fine. So, you know, eventually, and then COVID hit and, um, and the book was supposed to be out late last summer. Um, but everything in England just shut down and everybody yeah. just went home and, 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 you know, they locked up the doors. So the book got delayed and delayed and delayed and, and it was fine because I was already moving on to other things. And in the meantime, everyone's getting to their benches and building models. Yeah, Christ. Yeah, exactly. I was kind of hoping the book was going to come <laughs> out, you know, sooner than later so we could take advantage of that surge. Mm-hmm. Um and you know, from a from a hobby perspective, um you know, no, let me preface this by saying, you know, COVID is a horrible thing. Sure, yeah. It, it's absolutely horrible, but the everything that happened regarding the lockdowns and everything was a boon for the hobby. I yep. mean, hobby yeah. manufacturers are just, you know, they're they're loving it. Um, and, and I'll be honest with you, I was the same way with paint. I mean, my sales went right through the roof because everybody was sequestered, everybody. And the only thing they could do was fall back on their hobbies. Uh, you couldn't go anywhere. You couldn't go out to dinner. So people had a lot more disposable income floating around. And, and I saw that. I mean, I took advantage of that spike. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was kind of hoping the book was going to come out. So, you know, I could kind of ride the wave with that, but it, it didn't come out until later. But it's on Amazon. You can find it on Amazon. Yeah, we paged through it over there at your uh, table yeah, the other day. Really looks nice. Yeah, yeah. I, I was very happy with the, um, and, and having been in the publishing business for a long time, you kind of have an idea in your head of what you want it to look like. But then you got to remember that you're not the editor anymore, <laughs> you yeah. know, and you're not the layout guy anymore. You know, you're just the author. And, um, but, I, I really kind of drove home, you know, the the fact that I didn't want it to be this big wordy, you know, tome of of you know wisdom. I wanted it to be photo driven, and because seeing is, you know, a photo is worth a thousand words, and uh, you know, so I I kind of laid it out that way, kind of what you see now in a lot of the in in a lot of the mainstream modeling magazines, you know, Sam yep. Sammy Tamaya magazine, it's all visually driven. Yeah, right? yeah. And they give you just enough text to kind of fill in the blanks and answer whatever questions you might have. So and that worked out really well. You know, and you say it's geared toward um okay, call you know, call it say beginner to intermediate models, but you know, for you for you advanced modelers out there too, uh 
don't discount that uh, because you know, like like I said, looking through that, you you got to pick up ideas. Yep. From oh yeah, that, absolutely. Regardless of your skill level or where you're at in modeling, you know. Well, so it's and you know, it, it, it's kind of that adage that was that was uh, you know passed on to me uh, a long time ago. My my father, you know, he he basically said to me, no matter how good you are or how good you think you are on any given day, there's always somebody better who's not even trying. You know, and and I find that now. You know, I, I mean, here we are. We, we are at the ultimate modeling competition in the continental United States. And I come into this thing and I, I didn't bring anything. I just, I'm yeah. so busy with paint, but I, I walked into this thing thinking, you know, Hey, you know, I'm a good modeler. I've won here before. I've placed here before. So I'm, I'm amongst these. And, and I, I walk into the model room and I'm like, I'm going to go take up golf or something yeah. because this is, I am just so uh, far out of my league. I made the comment too. I'm quitting too after seeing that, uh, 48 scale sterling that was yeah. vacuum formed. Um, yeah. the quality uh, of the work. And, and I think as, as time goes on, you know, you guys did a, a an episode about is the hobby dying? Oh, oh hell no. Nope. No, yeah. no. It, it might be transitioning and it might be changing and, and morphing yeah. into something else. But I'll tell you the the level of talent that is out there right now and 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 not even the mainstream guys you know i mean between the four of us we could probably all come up with a list of who we think are the top 20 modelers of the last 20 years and i can tell you right now three quarters of the guys that are in this room are unknowns you know they've never been published these are guys that are working in their basements just like the rest of us but they don't have any notoriety but they're doing work that is just mind-boggling yeah we just spoke with a guy uh that he did that 32-scale kingfisher that's sitting out there. Yeah. You know, and he's modestly sat here. He's like, oh, yeah, you know, I got a few things out on the table there. And, he, you know, he says, and I was like, whoa, that's yours, man. Yeah. And then he's like, yeah, and I got an A26 sitting over there. And I was like, that one's yours too? <laughs> I was like, man, yeah, yeah, that guy, he's got some incredible work. Yeah, it, it, it amazes me. And, and, and even like being in the paint business, you know, guys will send me photos of their stuff and they use my paint and they're like, wow, this is really cool. It worked out really well. And I'm looking at it going, I make the stuff and I can't do that stuff with my own product that I make. You know, and I'm constantly spraying. I mean, I've got airbrushes everywhere and I'm constantly QCing paint and spraying paint and checking for, you know, how it levels and the sheen and reflectance and all that mm-hmm. other stuff. And I'm seeing guys that are just doing the most amazing things with my paint. And, you know, it just blows me away. You know, you know, if I, I'm going to have to like take about six months off. And, and have one of those dream projects where just absolutely everything falls into place and nothing goes wrong, you yeah, know, just to, all time. just to get my confidence back to, to, to get back <laughs> to the fact that I actually consider myself, you know, slightly better than average with a big mouth. So, you know, that, that's, that's kind of where we are with things, but things are taking off. I got, I got all kinds of new ideas for the product line and, and we're going to be expanding. Anything you want to share here? Or? Uh, yeah, well, yeah, uh, we're dropping, we're going to continue to drop new colors. Um, and that comes as the need arises. Um, but from a business aspect too, I, I gotta look at, I gotta look at releasing stuff that there's demand for, you know, there's not much demand for world war one Italian mountain green, (laughs) you know? So do I, do I, do I, do I invest the time and the effort and the money into releasing that color, knowing that the ROI on it is going to be horrible? Um, there've been some rumblings about maybe perhaps venturing into the model railroad world. Um, and I don't know if I'm ready Ooh, for that because those guys that are crew. those guys are crazier than we are, and, and I mean that in a good way. I mean the uh, just some of the work that some of these model railroad guys mm-hmm. are doing is just beyond comprehension. And um, and publishing, as I said, I got two books that are um, 
were in the works when I started the RAF book. Um, and they're all naval naval subjects. The, yeah. The, the, yeah. the history of camouflage. Uh, Those would be cool. Yeah. Yeah. And and, and uh, I did a little teaser. I don't know if you guys saw it recently, but uh, I posted a little teaser up about the how oh, the yeah, U.S. I Navy, see that. the 19, yeah. Was, yeah, 1941, pretty- I kind of encapsulated all of the, the ridiculous camouflage changes of 1941. And, and someone that I've spoke to here and, and it slips me who it was, but he summed it up and, and he said, you know, the, the, the camouflage, the United States Navy changed its camouflage doc- doctrine um, about as quickly in 1941 as the air force changed its aircraft doctrine during the cold war, you know, and when you look at, you know, F 86 to F four phantom, you know, yeah, there was so much in between and it was just all over the place. Yeah. Uh, well, in the Navy too, you know, Cougar, yeah, Banshee, sure. Panther, you know, mm-hmm. Um, so it was, it was, uh, kind of that. And so I did this 41 article and, you know, it got, I got a bunch of people all worked up because we were going against the norms and we were kind of questioning this, uh, perceptive conditioning, you know, that people have had, that modelers have had that, you know, because it's this color, it's always been that color and it's always going to be that color. Well, you know, I got 400 pages of documents from the Navy that says, no, it's not that color. Mm -hmm. You know, the same thing with Titanic. You know, we we go back to Titanic, you know, and and everybody thinks her bottom was Ferrari red. And truth of the matter is, no, it wasn't. But they're going to continue to do it because that's what they've been conditioned, you know, to believe. Mm -hmm. So we got the books coming um, and I'm working on some new um, little side business that that I do with with uh, scale colors. I do the bling for bases, you know, those resin cast. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. The badges Mm -hmm. and the and, you know. Sub submariner, submariner dolphins, dolphins, and, and, and the and the skimmer insignias yep. and pilots' wings and things like that. I, I do them as resin cast, and I finish them so they're gold plated or whatever. And um, I do those specifically for model bases, so that modelers aren't, you know, putting grandpa's dolphins from World War II on their model base, yeah, yeah. which is the whole reason behind it. it, it <laughs> it's it's um, I, I used a set of original World War II dolphins on a model that I did, and somebody pried them off and. Oh, stole them at wow. a contest. Jeez. Oh, Man. yeah, they're out there. Well, somebody ripped off my zip kicker <laughs> really? my repair kit today. They were probably so, borrowing you know, it and forgot. Yeah, we'll, we'll give them the benefit uh, of the doubt on man. that. So I, I started this, and then from there, all of a sudden, somebody's like, hey, can you do one for Bismarck? Can you do one for Yamato? Can you do one for this? So the next thing you know, I got like you know 50 or 60 replica badges that I do and and a lot of them are German and they're kind of controversial so I don't really gotcha you know yeah just you know that thing yeah the whole history thing <laughs> but um you know but uh, and and you find them everywhere you know I, I recently did a, a Russian submarine pin and it's it's actually kind of cool because it's got that red enameled star in the middle and it's like you know that makes a really neat so you know I found one at a at a um, uh, military show, I paid like four dollars for it and cast it, and started popping out copies. And these are not expensive things. I mean, these are like you mm-hmm. know, they have a price point of like between like five and ten bucks, depending on how much work I put into the paint. But uh, I see them all over the place. I saw a bunch of them in there, and I was like, I know where that came from. I painted that. <laughs> you know, that's kind of cool. That's great, yeah, so, man. So we got that going on. So we're we're now starting to get into three D printing. Um, and, and doing some of the badges and some of the like squadron insignias and mm-hmm. 3D printing and, and for display models, you yeah. know, for, to put them on your base and stuff like that. So more of the accoutrement 
as opposed to actually making, I mean, parts for, parts. Yeah. I right, mean, yeah. you got, and I'll, a, I'll give him a shout out, even though he ignored me all through the nationals, but like Mike Reeves at phase hanger, mm-hmm. you know, some of the parts that he's doing are just mind boggling. Yeah. I'm not going to get in. I can't compete with that. I'm, I make pain. I, I, I don't have the uh, talent and the ability to do stuff like that, but you know, so that, that's kind of cool. If you find that little niche market and you run with it and, Mm-hmm. You know, and you ride it as long as you can. But, you know, this was supposed to be like a retirement project for me. And now, and now I'm looking at buying it's like work, bottling it's more I'm, work. Yeah, I'm looking at buying automation equipment and hiring people and moving out of the basement into a commercial space. And it's like, I really don't want to do this, <laughs> you know. Well, take it that way if, it, if, if that's where it's driving to. Yeah. Well, you know? And, and, you know, and, and that's that is part of that conversation, I think, that you have when whenever you find any kind of a modicum of success with something is that. You know, how far do you want to go with it? Mm-hmm. And, you know, and I, I've said it here, you know, it's and it's part of my my sales pitch. I don't want to be the next testers. I don't want to be the next Vallejo. I don't want to be the next, you know, whatever, because th- that's not my goal. Yeah. You know, my goal is sure. to cater to a very niche audience of ship modelers. And, you know, as aircraft guys, I mean, you guys know you can get. You can get ghost gray from twenty-five different paint manufacturers, and they'll all be different shades. And they'll, <laughs> yeah, because they don't have photospectrometers in their basements. Yeah. But That's- yeah, but you know, so I'm I'm just catering to those guys, the, the ship guys, and um, now you do have some aircraft. I mean, we spoke about the Japanese colors, yeah. but you do have a, a line of aircraft colors, of course. Too. I do, and and most of those aircraft colors, any of the colors that that come from me that are not ship colors. Um, are requests from guys that are ship modelers who are then doing aircraft. Gotcha. Ooh, I got a request. Frodo probably knows what I'm going to oh, say. Oh, yeah. I know. Blue okay. Angel Blue. No, that's, <laughs> that, 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 that can be kicked around all day long. Um, 501-109, TAC-109. 501-TAC-109, Canadian color. Is that the like the voodoo gray green? No, or is that yeah, a different, yeah. well, not the voodoo. The voodoo had a gray that was okay. really a Boeing gray. Um, it's like the, what you see in the mid '80s trackers, um, the CP one hundred seven patrol okay. airplanes. There, this was from another episode. This was from a previous episode. I always, I always hop on this. someone trying to do that column, man, because yeah. I got to you know. Do you have data for me? Can you get me a paint sample? A paint sample. I sent you somebody a paint out sample. there can get somebody out there you can sent get me a paint, paint sample, sample of the five. Mm-hmm. I'll have to check my spam folder. Would you get it? Like an actual chip you gave them? Oh, no. Is that one that uh, like you sent? I mean, you can pick something up on, you know, you can Google the color and get whatever is going to show up online. But, I mean, an well, actual paint chip would be. Yeah, an actual paint would, chip or or yeah. a Munsell standard or, or, okay. a, or a FS standard. I don't have any of that stuff. Or an RAL yeah. standard. But I bet someone out there listening does. Well, And I think there's probably a demand for that color. I mean, you're talking like your, your CP, uh, you know, the, the, the Canadian... Um, what do you call it? P threes. Yeah, they absolutely. use that color as well during the. Um, well, you know, I, you early know, I, since since it's here and this is being recorded, I, I guess I'll make it official. If if anybody, any of your listeners has the ability to get me any of that technical data, either a Munsell code, or an RAL equivalent, or an FS equivalent, or yes. an actual paint sample, all you IPMS Canada guys, let's yeah. get busy. And and the and for me to photo spec it, it's not it's non destructive. Mm-hmm. So I it, I literally just you know put it under the scope and I you know press the button yep. and it beeps okay. and then it gives me a bunch of numbers and data and then I mix it from there. It's just one of those calls I'm kind of surprised is not out there. Well, I'll, I'll tell you right now <laughs> if somebody can get me the I data, think White Ensign 
models used to do it because I think I, I want to say too that it was used on their the Canadian uh, Royal Canadian Navy ships as well for a time during the sixties seventies maybe could be. I could be wrong on that don't quote me folks well that that again is is one of those areas where I am totally ignorant you know mm-hmm. I I have no I have no uh, knowledge of you know Royal Canadian Navy and yeah. I, and, and and I I you know dual citizen <laughs> oh. <laughs> you know i, I kind of feel bad i'm letting my canadian brothers and sisters down but uh. um you know it, it's just never been on my radar uh-huh. I, you know and and had i decided i wanted to build a an I, d- I definitely want to do a tracker in those colors okay and uh, that would be cool yeah. well if we can get the data i i will make it official i will put the color into production awesome I will put the color into production. That, now you're going to get 4,000 requests coming yeah, your exactly. way. Now. Can you do mountain <laughs> troop green? Can you do this color? Uh, <laughs> uh, okay, good. Thanks again, Jeff. Hey, my pleasure, guys. All right. Hey, thanks, thanks for Jeff. having me. Take care, guys. All right, man. Later. All right. I hope you guys enjoyed that interview with Jeff Hearn of Scale Colors. Um, one of the, you know, good guy entertaining guy um one of the fun guys of the of the uh of the hobby for sure we had a great time hanging out up in the uh up in the suite the vip suite uh, yeah he's <laughs> yeah. you know mixing, mixing, gin and tonics mixing up some gin and tonics and uh just a fun dude to hang out with and um man there's some characters in there oh sure yeah it was a good time it, it was a room full um for sure which is you know again guys that's that's one of the big fun parts of going to the nats is hanging out with uh, your model buddies uh, that you don't see all that often and, um, you know, getting together and, and, and tossing a few drinks back and sharing some stupid stories. Hey, man, that's another episode in the books from us. I hope you all enjoy listening as much as we enjoyed sitting here and discussing the hobby. And we want to thank you for making us a part of your valuable bench time. And uh, this episode 24 brings us to the end of our, quote, first season. Uh, we're going to take a pause for a couple of weeks here, and uh, we'll kick off season two uh, probably mid-January. We'll shoot for January 14th uh, drop of uh, yeah. season two, episode one. Uh, who's got that, Darren? You? Uh, It'll be D-Ran. D-Ran leading off in the batting lineup again. It'll be our one-year anniversary. Yep, one year. That's crazy, man. Okay. That's cool. Time flies and you're alive. Definitely. <laughs> All right, so I hope you guys can join us for that next uh, podcast. And with this being the holiday season, uh, we here at the Geeks wish you all a Merry Christmas, a Happy Hanukkah, or whatever other your non-denominational holiday celebration happens to be this time of year. Just enjoy family, enjoy the time off. Heck yeah. uh, yeah. Get some bench time in for yourself, as if we don't get enough already. (laughs) Uh, I hope Santa Claus brings you lots of cool model stuff. There you go, man. All right, that's it. Out from the Geeks. You all take care. See you guys later. See ya.